Hey, Roshak. Hey, you're pretty famous, right? <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm pretty famous, too. Ain't that right? That's right. You know, maybe I can give you an autograph, huh? What you say, big boy? Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski, that's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hydroburg. What country you from? <laughs> what ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast where each week one of us will introduce the others to a film they have not seen in order to expand our cinematic horizons. I will be your host this evening, the 8-bit killer himself, eh, kinetic onslaught with me. Uh, I got my two boys, all hell. It's Big Bird. What's eh. going on? What's going on? Hey, buddy, how you doing? You look good Pretty tonight. good, pretty like good. It. Thank you, thank you. I'm trying to go for like a, like a... Like a superhero, sort of, you know? I'm hooded. No, I see it. Hooded, got the head, you know? Just need a mask. Fuck yeah, dude. Big fan, big fan. Uh, don't forget, always got to bring the cinematic archaeologist with me, Rob. Robert, how you doing? What's going on, everybody? Good to see everybody. Ready what's to talk up? about this awesome-ass movie. Fuck yeah, dude. How's the uh, how's the pervert been doing, dude? What do you, what do you doing, mean? Doing right? pretty good. Per- perverted it up, man. The, uh, yeah. the resident cinematic uh, pervert. Yeah, love it, love it. Hey, I mean this this film does have a pretty awesome sex scene. So there we, you know, hey, there you go. Ah, uh, there's okay. some other perversions as well in this movie. So that that is also true. So yeah. the cinematic pervert was very happy. Well, some of them shouldn't make you happy. <laughs> but <laughs> so the guys they're referring to my pick this week, which is the Watchmen from 2009. Nice, John. Uh, Why'd you pick it? Well, The Watchmen was, um, I feel like uh, I, I reference this every fucking episode at this point, but this was kind of early on when I started like really enjoying film, like going to the theater and like really seeking out, like trying to understand and like dig deep into into stuff. And um, I had also, I had very briefly kind of started comic books as well. Um, I think I had talked to you about... Uh, why the last man was mm-hmm. uh, the, yeah. the first uh, first that I had read, and so I was already kind of into this. Like, I was getting into comic books. Uh, a coworker who actually got hired with me at the exact same time was a big Batman nerd. Fucking love Batman, and so we would go to Barnes and Noble and we would be looking at shit. And I remember, you know, he had been he had been a comic book fan his whole life, so he's kind of like suggesting shit to me, like, "Oh, you got a Kingdom Come? Check this out. You got to check this out." Yeah, and um, the Watchmen was one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's so, a nice book too. It's a good sized book. Oh yeah. It's got it's it's meaty. It's got it's uh 
well, you guys know. We'll get into it. It's uh, so you've it's, read the book. I have. Yes, I right, read. So uh, have I, dude. It's so good. It's such a good read. It really is. Yeah, yeah. I, I One started of the best yeah, yeah, because I, I I got a special collector's edition of Watchmen uh, over the past week, and it comes with the entire. Rob, you should have read it already for the cast. Well, I, I I ran out of time. I'm I'm getting through it. It's it's awesome. I like the I I like the, uh, the graphic novel. But uh uh, John, did you come to the comic first, or did you come to the movie first? Um, I it's it's it was kind of bang bang, but I think the movie was already out. Don't I, I watched it in the theater, so I think so it I. was it was like right they were right around the same time as each other. Um, probably the movie first because I think I wasn't like I was also kind of trying like when I get into shit uh, like I do it in a really weird way where it's like I try to take from from my point of starting something whether it's video games, comic books, fucking shoes, whatever it is that I'm into. Right? It's like everything from this day forward is what I'm interested in. Like all the back shit, like it's all like I'm just, I'm not interested in getting that, collecting that, figuring that out. Like I just this is where I'm starting and moving forward. I'm getting it all. So he was telling me about all this other stuff. Right. Which I think is why I gravitated to why the last man, because the um the fourth deluxe book for why had just come out. And so I was like, all right, cool. This is a brand. This is something brand new. It was on like the podium at Barnes and Noble. Right. Yeah. So Brian like, K. Vaughn. Yep. Brian K. Vaughn. So I wanted to I wanted to start with that. And um I've read some figuring of it. Out read how amazing all that shit was. Like it was it was pretty easy to go back. Like and then the movie, I think I watched the movie and was like, oh, because I remember talking to uh Luke, uh was my coworker's name about it, and he was like, Oh yeah, dude. So saw the movie and then got into the book, I want to say like right right after that. I'm sort of the opposite. I I got the book and read it before the movie. Like I knew the movie was coming. Mm-hmm. I started getting hyped about the movie. I went out and got the book and was able to get it done real quick before the movie came out. Um, so I had that fresh on my mind when I went into the movie. But I did see it in the theater as well. So it was a cool theater experience. Totally. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of that, so I, I was a little concerned that maybe the there wouldn't be any bones to this movie. Uh, but, man, I was thoroughly uh, ecstatic that there was a lot of stuff that came into how this film even came into being. And let me tell you, it was a shit show. So. Obviously, the graphic novel that came out in 80, it ran through 86, 87, huge success. It's it, it really it's uh, that era of comics. There was a lot of stuff changing. And this was really something way out there, way different that a lot of people gravitated towards. Yeah. Like, Alan like, Moore Hitler, and Dave Gibbons. Uh, I'm sorry. What's what was that? Heidelberg? Alan Moore. I said and Dave Gibbons. Yep. Yeah, Alan Moore they, is not credited anywhere in this movie for this story because he doesn't want his name attached to anything. Uh, Ooh, but I no, I didn't hear. That's it. why Dave. It just says Dave Givens co-created. It never oh, says okay. the other creator. It's Alan Moore. Oh wow! Alan Moore is like the main writer. Dave Givens was the artist, and, right? And like part writer, I believe. But I think it's mainly like Alan Moore's writing. And uh, what that else did he do, Berg? He was. Uh, uh, he's done a ton of shit. Right? He he did Swamp Thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh yeah, he's known for yeah. Um, he's done a lot of comics though, and uh, um, yeah, he's just a good writer. I can't remember if he did V for Vendetta. Oh yeah, yeah, you're I right. Think he did. Um, yeah, um, I mean, he's an right. English dude, uh, and he doesn't really do a lot of interviews or anything like that. He doesn't really like his name attached to Hollywood, anything like licensed. 
that would explain why he was not in many. He it, they were only talking to Dave Gibbons in the uh, interviews about the comic in the uh, special features. Yeah, but, uh, but anyways, the uh, you know this time this time period you know, you have uh, Frank Miller's you know The Dark Knight Rises, which kind of it was a huge success. So Fucking a, there's, right. yeah, there's a lot of great comics that were coming out about this time, and this is obviously one of them. So of course Hollywood wants to you know, we got to make a live action adaptation and um so this is probably like like pretty much right away so this is right around the time that they're doing the new batman the the tim burton's batman so oh you know it's this is the hot new item so this was they tried to for 20 years they tried to make this a film yeah this is not the first attempt (laughs) no 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 so the initial uh initially 20th century fox had 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 the ball but couldn't get the couldn't get any ground going. They couldn't find a director, couldn't really figure anything out. And so they ended up selling it off to Warner Brothers. And so Warner Brothers hired Terry Gilliam of uh, of uh, Monty Python Monty Python fame to direct. and he deemed it being to be unfilmable. So they uh, Warner Brothers at the time gave up on it and, in the early 2000s, uh, Universal, Revolution Studios, and Paramount came together uh, with a triumvirate of directors. David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Uh, Darren Aronofsky, who d- at this point had done Requiem for a Dream. And Paul Greengrass, uh, who had done, oh, who later on would do The Born Supremacy and Born, Ult- Born Ultimatum. Uh, they were going to do like a... each. The three, these three guys were going to direct certain parts of the film and kind of have that come together. But budget came into a huge problem. So they uh, ended up shipping it back off to Warner Brothers. And in 2005, Zack Snyder got attached to direct. And that's really when the traction for this film started to get uh, get going. Which and, makes sense, right? Because of 300. He did 300. And that, yeah, that's, oh, that's so Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it, the Dawn of the Dead remake it was a huge hit. Yeah, and three hundred. Yeah. Uh, he'd done Sucker Punch. Uh, so he, you know, he had, that it, was an original thing. But he was good. He's shown that he's good at, at, at adapting things. Yeah, he's he, uh, and that's that's really how this thing got started. And I think once he got attached, he had a great vision for it, and mm-hmm. had it shown that he could adapt kind of graphic novels like The Watchmen into a film. Yeah, so. That's how we get to this film. I mean, it's just this crazy story of shifting uh, uh, movie studios, directors, and we're going to find out like the 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 wild, crazy alternate castings that could have happened for this film. Oh, shit. That's interesting. Here's check this out. Uh, uh, Video game uh, trivia. Do you know who one of the one of the writers is on this uh, on this film? Uh, No, I I guess I don't. It's David Hayter, who's the solid snake. So he was one of and the Metal writers Gear. too. Yeah, he's I one know. of the writers. He's also one of the writers of X Men, X Two. Like, he's... well, I know he was initially cat. Uh, he was going to be one of the initial directors of the film. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's one of the co-writers of the script and uh, Alex to say or what? It's hard. I, okay, uh, and it's based on the graphic novel by Alan Moore and Dave. So uh, I wonder Peter. if David Hayter wrote quite a bit of it, and they liked what he wrote, so they probably kept it in and credited. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you're talking about for Watchmen, I'm just curious, like, because the I think the one thing that a lot of people speak very highly of 
And and also, if you refer back to 300, you know, 300 had a lot of carbon copy cuts. Like it was just like the movie and the graphic novel were just so, so close to one. another. Yeah. Like, literally like shot for sh- like panel for panel, you would see certain shots. Mm-hmm. And then I think Watchmen is is even tight, even tighter than 300 was in the sense that it's like you can open the fucking book and watch the movie along with the book. And it is almost just in fucking sync perfectly. So yeah, they're I, definitely using a lot of this, most of the the artwork and the um, scenes in the mm-hmm. book to convey the 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 the, the, the uh, movie scenes. Um, and the dialogue is mostly from you could tell it's right. It's definitely written for a script, but it's definitely mostly word for word from the book. Uh, Three hundred, yeah. I think, was like t- uh, like totally almost word for like Sin City, the movie. That oh, was Sin like City is another word perfect example. From, yeah. Uh, yeah, a graphic novel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's how we got to this movie. That's how it got made. Um, we'll get to some of the alternate casting as we meet our characters. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have a great time talking about this film. Cool. Great yeah, time. I'm let's, definitely uh, excited. So uh, Rob, back. real quick, you, you're the one who you haven't seen this. I'm sorry? You hadn't seen this. this I, I'm first. the one who has not seen this film until this week. Right. So uh, I'm the reason why we are watching Watchmen. Fucking hey, mm-hmm. dude! I'm super excited. When I heard that, I was like, "Yeah, that's got to be that's yeah. uh, that's a significant one to me." Along with you know, Sin City, V for Vendetta, those. And so. you know, and, and you know, uh, the other connection that I was thinking of. Just sorry, before we get into our spoiler warning and all that, but uh, one thing like uh, similar to how this graphic novel kind of changed comic books. It was at a time where comic books were changing and becoming something different and better. Similarly, in the comic book movie world. This is around the same time that Iron Man Absolutely. is coming out, Hulk, and all the and so that's right changing. before it actually. Yeah, yeah. So right? the, this or is like, like where, right, you know, like right before it, I think. Yeah, yeah, just before this. So it's like right around the same time that like the uh, the live action adaptations of these comic books were changing as well, and uh, obviously you know, spawned a whole crazy era that we have now. Yeah, wow, spawned a whole new era. I get it. I see what you did there. Actually, no way. <laughs> Iron Man's 2008. So yeah, so it's like I said. And so it's is the Dark Knight then, because Dark Knight, I believe, came out the same year. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, Sin City was 05, right? V for Vendetta was 06, and 300 was 06. So it's like yeah. there were these these comic book movies, but it's not like these were were. I don't think like really well known in the public well and they're all like, they're oh, shit, comic book but they're not necessarily superhero you know what i mean a lot of these yeah, yeah, movies yeah, yeah. are like different themed um definitely because there's so many different stories to tell that are graphic novels but they're not uh, based around superheroes and this is kind of like taking that sort of idea except giving you know it's taking the superhero tropes but making it realistic and looking at it you know from a dramatic sort of standpoint of like there's a history here like there's you know all these characters that are very complex and you know, what if we took it serious, you know, and their ramifications and what it does to a person to do this job. Like I, I don't think anybody had really done that as far as I know in the comic world with like superheroes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is something completely different. That's really awesome. Everything was still word bubbles and shit like, and like pow and bang bung and, you know, like superpowers, but like this took that. It's like, yeah, well, these people, it's like they have a life outside of, being a superhero they have personalities like there's more there well uh beric since we're about to dip into that thing why don't you go ahead and hit us with that custom spoiler warning oh we got that custom spoiler warning meow 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 spoiler warning 
All right. So we're talking about again, this is uh Watchmen from 2009. <clears throat> In a version of 1985, where superheroes exist, the murder of a colleague sends active vigilante Rorschach on the trail of a conspiracy that will change the course of history. Amazing, yeah. amazing, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so Rorschach for you there. Rorschach. Uh, so now that we've got the spoiler warning out of the way and we're going to get into this, I can tell you right now, Rorschach is my favorite character. I think he's the I think he's the best character in the film. I fucking love him. Well, he's our, he's sort of the audience's character, too. You know, mm-hmm. like we get okay. an, it's another film where we get narration. And, and so, he's, our, yeah, you know, the this, voice. Yeah, another we... narration movie, uh, which is yeah, and, and, and done really well. Yeah, that we're essentially reading Rorschach's journal. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah, basically. And so, uh, but we we open up with uh, what turns out to be the comedian who is uh-huh. uh, attacked, and you know, he there's we're getting a little bit of the background of the world, but then all of a sudden, you know, he is attacked in his apartment. And... I think that's great though the way they they Snyder sets the scene up where we get like we get the red and yellow labels in the beginning, which turns mm-hmm. into the button and. Because he's so good with visual stuff. And, oh, yeah. dude, yeah. And then, like we, like you said, Rob, you hear the TV, and the, if you listen to the reports on the TV and stuff, we're it's setting up all the themes and the all the exposition we need. Yeah, it's setting it all up, and and who's attacking who we don't know, but at the moment, like that's all. It's all plot heavy related stuff right in this moment here in this apartment. Very cl- a very clever way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's I mean, it is how the books do roll out, have a moment like this, but it's more. I don't it's think more you see cut. The fight like this, yeah. In the comic book, in the comic book, it's more of like the detectives are there going through mm-hmm. the scene, yeah. And then you're kind of getting flashbacks in between the panels of the fight, yeah. So, and it shows yeah. like right away, yeah. It, so, it is, it is cool. I do like like you're talking about, like we get all of that, and then the war, famine, this, like it's kind of cutting around every, and you know he's changing the channel, and then we hit the fucking nostalgia. You know what I mean? He gets to that nostalgia ad. And it's that like unforgettable, and he's we'll just sitting there reminiscing, and then that's when fucking boom, door kicks in and it's on. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the character that we we meet is the comedian, or uh, also known as Edward Blake, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, who most people know him from The Walking Dead. I think that's the main thing that people know and him um, from. Uh, what's it called? That other Grey's show, Anatomy? WB. No, WB. Oh. The CW show. Um, uh, yeah. I, Supernatural. So, yeah. Um, I think from that. Something like that. Yeah. It's. Uh, but he. Uh, uh, there was no one else considered for this role in in his case. Uh, and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was. Uh, he found this role very challenging because the guy is kind of a dick. And oh, no, he's a total it, dick. But but you but he's also charming at the same point, and he does horrible yeah. things. But you kind of like his character, and that's a that's a hard thing for an actor to do. And Zack yeah. Snyder kind of wanted to have like a man's man type of guy. Oh, he comes across role. as that for sure. Well, yeah, and yeah. that's how he is in the book. And this scene, man, the fight scene is so awesome. The way it's yes. shot. Like, so I just love. We mentioned the killer comes and he knocks open the door. And like comedian senses it for a moment, but by the time he can react, you know, he throws his coffee cup and you see when it hits the apartment, apartment 300. Right. Which I'm yeah. thinking is an Easter egg, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, Snyder directed 300. So I'm like, that's cool. And then he like whirls in, grabs his gun. And by the time he, he aims it at the uh, the doorway, his assailant's so fast already. Yeah, he's it's on like him. already on him. 
Yeah. He's already pointing his gun at a place where there's nobody there. And yeah. so he's outmatched right away. But the fight is like really good. It's brutal. So, and like I said, it's so right away, you get a whole bunch of action. Boom. We're into our uh, kind of like the opening, kind of like also a way of exposition, kind of giving us a little bit of that going back to the past, go, seeing like the newspapers, almost like maybe this is the comedian's flashback. Oh, yeah. So just real, um, like on the fight, I just, I don't know, man. I just really love how like it plays out through the entire apartment and it had like the sound design of it all. Yeah. Because yeah. I was listening with my headset on and that shit is just, you hear, you hear like every blow. Oh, dude, when he punches, when he goes through the wall and he takes yeah, a chunk bro. of the wall out. Or like that when it hits him in so, the gut, you hear like a poof, like yeah. meat. Yeah. Oh, these fights in this in this film are fucking brutal. It's awesome. But yeah, then he throws him out of the window, right? And we get the famous uh, blood drop on the pin. Yep. As he's tossed. And it's an amazing opening, like we we mentioned. And there's some really good needle drops. Like we get that Nat King Cole play mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And then as you were saying, Rob, the next, uh, like the actual title card, like opening is uh, yeah. Bob Dylan, right? Yeah. And um, I also I, I kind of wonder if like maybe this is the we're in the comedian's mind here as he's falling and kind of like uh, seeing things of his past. And like because it's because we go back to like, you know, the time when he was first at uh, yeah. the, the, the Watchmen, the Minutemen. And so we see like all like the old characters and like what they've gone through. Um, I mean, that's and that's definitely interesting. I, I think. I don't know, man. I really like it. It's set to like the times are changing by Bob Dylan. I think it's a perfect pairing, and I think the because well, uh, well, and the reason why I say this is this is in we're in the comedian's head at this point in this opening opening credit is yeah, and with that song, the times are changing. There was a time when no one could get to uh, the comedian like this because he's a strong dude. He's he's a tough bastard. Well, not only that, he's not the him. only one that was in both. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, to it's me, it just felt like it's, it's, it's like, a way it's... for it's a way for Schneider to get us up to speed on the fact that th- this world has like history. Like there's lineage, there's mer- several groups that have formed throughout the history of superheroes, mm-hmm. and this because he created this title sequence. This is not in the book, right? Right. It's a really good way to set us up as an audience member of getting up to speed on like what's gone on like the history of it all i mean it, correct, yeah. who knows who it could be a, a last and not you know fucking uh moment in his brain where he's just reliving his life um the way it plays out i could see why you would think that definitely yeah and it's not in the book so it's there's no way to tell like if it was dude yeah, it's I, funny it's, you uh, mentioned the song because i i don't know if you guys remember the trailer but if you if you haven't uh, when we're finished with this i want you guys to go back and watch the isn't trailer. there a smashing pumpkin song Dude, it's such a fucking badass. This the way they set it up, and it's like it shows the scene when he's in Nam and he's mm-hmm. like fucking got the flamethrower on the guy. And the song that they're playing is this like dark, just like grimy, gritty song, you know. And then you get I I was so this is a personal story. So I watched the trailer and was like, oh my god, I can't wait to see this. This looks fucking amazing. I love the visuals. I love every, like it just it looked phenomenal. And like I said, the way that they had that song with it, like I was just like, dude, this is going to be a fucking vibe. And I was so disappointed. And and then like you watch the movie and it's like, I don't know this. It just I was prepared to like be in this world from the trailer. And it is visually 
But I was just, I just was so mad that that song was not in the movie, especially yeah. during that scene. Like during that scene, because I was so fucking line. triggered about that. Well, it get over it. Like this, like noir thriller, um, uh, in a lot of ways, which yeah. is you know, de- definitely a different vibe than because um, I do remember the trailer because yeah. I, I, you know, I was like, oh damn, that looks kind of cool. But I just didn't get a chance to watch it for whatever reason, and it's like, and then uh, when I'm watching it this time, it's like. Man, there is there is nothing from the trailer that I remember. In this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. I mean, I like that too. I hate when you see a trailer and then it's like you go watch the movie and every all the dope shit about the movies in the trailer. So I mean, I get I get that. Yeah, and sometimes they they make fake like alternate stuff for trailers right, that right. They aren't actually in the movies. Um, Rob, being that they show that when they show him as the grassy on the grassy knoll as a second shooter, that could be actually one of his memories, right? Some. Yeah, it could be him just uh, imagining his life falling down the thing a little bit. Yeah, that's why I said it. Just, I never a, felt, it, felt focused on his character except for that one moment to me. Yeah, you know? so that's why I didn't think that. But yeah, it could be. It, it's a that's theory an interesting I have. It might not be perfect. I I could be just like either it, way. But... I think it's just a great way to get us in, into the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, Snyder was it was a good it was a good move to to put that together and a great moment just with the score too because I like I said there's just. There's great needle drops throughout this film. It takes place in an alternate history, but there's still a lot of the same music and stuff like that, which is funny, you know, interesting. I do love that idea, too, of like alternate 85. Yeah. What are we in? Back to the Future 2? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> save, the, save the clock tower. <laughs> but yeah, there is a noir vibe to the dialogue as it's written in the book, mainly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think it works really good. It's not just, um, it's not just Rorschach's dialogue either, but his is primarily always that way. And right. I think Jackie Earl Haley is like the perfect fit for this role, man. Oh yeah, I, I had knew I had known him from nothing prior. Like I oh, went okay. in. Okay, well here, here, and uh, maybe this is a film we have not, uh, you guys have not seen, but we, if we, you haven't, we'll we'll put it. I'll put it on the list. But so Jackie Earl Haley, I, I said there was going to be all this like crazy alternate casting, and the first two characters I'm talking about, they were the only ones considered for the role. <laughs> um, well, he's so, perfect yeah. for the role. That's why. Yeah, we find and out so later. Jeffrey Dean. Yeah, it's a. Uh, we find out later that uh, his name is Walter Kovacs. He's Rorschach. He was in the Bad News Bears. He was uh, Moocher. Oh, um, he, was, he was also in a film called Little Children. Uh, no one else was considered for this role. Everything uh, uh, sounds like he he killed the audition. And uh, he was a huge fan of the material. And when he heard they were casting for Rorschach, which was his favorite character, mm. he, he went at, he went after this role. Hey, and, dude, I've heard that. Yeah, so That's he dope. and so no one else was considered. He they, there was just no one else that was considered for the role, which is awesome. And he he just kills it. He I, I agree with you, John. I think he is the coolest character in the film. So and uh, one, this is why I kind of think of this as like a noir thriller. He's a noir type of character. Oh, oh yeah, the detective, the hat, the whole getup, yeah. the whole getup. Besides the mask, everything else is just straight up yeah. noir. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the one thing that I I was thinking, the characters I was thinking of that uh, he reminded me of were, uh, which is also I think a DC character. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the question, yeah, or uh, the Gray Ghost. He kind of yeah. like those vibes, yeah, uh, as well. And with like maybe like the toughness of Batman, 
a little bit, even though he's not. Well, he's a, got the investigative. Uh, yeah, well, that's prowess what of that, Batman. He's got the brutality of, of Batman when it comes to his fighting prowess. Yeah, and stuff like that. there's a lot yeah. of Batman inspiration in certain characters. Night Owl, like, obviously, also. Right. Yeah, exactly. With the gadgets. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And Dude, it's funny because um, so this kind of leads us uh, nicely into our uh, next scene, right? Uh, we get the the Rorschach dialogue opens up. <clears throat> He shoots the uh, he has his uh, his his gun, right? His bat claw, essentially. And uh, in the book, they talk a little more specifically about how, like, he didn't have any of that stuff like that. Like Night Owl had Night Owl hooked him up. Yeah. Yeah. Night Owl hooked them all yeah, up. Him and it. Night Owl paired together quite a bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Night Owl and in, too, in the book, he really an interesting relationship, him. actually. Yeah. 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 It's one of my favorite parts of the film. But uh, th- this is another this is another scene where it's like it's so sick. You can open the book up and literally see like, yeah, like direct shots from like panel. And to that panel whole like there. diatribe of him going up there about like the cesspool and the murder. Yeah. When yeah. They look yeah. up and they say, help, I will whisper. No, like, yeah, that's dude. Right so, from so, the book. And then like the bat claw coming up and like ripping through all the like police don't cross line. Yeah, like that, and then when he's like standing on the railing, and he has like yeah, there's a lot shit. of super superhero landings in this. But oh, dude, for sure. because it's they look cool. That's why they do them in films. Yeah, and they're in the books anyway. Like those sort of things. And it's it funny. And like, I wanted huh. to mention it because I feel like this is where, in a t- at the time of this recording, we're in a time where it's like it has become cool for people, especially film people, to to just shit on like superhero and like Marvel style movies where it's just become very like like an automatic like people are not even would never even consider it. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's just so below and such a joke to them. Mm-hmm. Um and it's unfortunate because it really it really there's some really good stories there and there's a, a lot of good stuff. And I think it starts like we we kind of harped on this in the beginning, but like Sin City, V for Vendetta, 300, this Dark Knight, like this, it's all kind of like it's coming. It's like starting to become a thing. Yeah. And then it's it's hard because you had such an amazing run with with Marvel all the way up to that end game. Right. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, try, yeah. Top, to try and top that. It's like I just I just want to provide a little drop of history on this because I think it's important to note that it's become like socially acceptable to just say like superhero movies are trash now. Well, people do have like they're kind of like. They've had too much. They've had an overload, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. So even yeah. the people that did really like them are kind of like, yeah. It, even those people. Yeah. Well, but this, I think a it... movie like this does something different with that. Absolutely. Yeah. This well, is see, what kind of is... spawned that start. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Oh no, what I'm saying is like, well, this happens with any genre type film. It it happened with westerns. It happened mm-hmm. with like uh like kind of the atomic space movies of the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it and. There's always someone that does uh, sci-fi up until like, you know, pretty much like the 80s, like had been a joke. Like that was kind of like considered like, oh, that's that's just trash. Right. It wasn't yeah, it was until, up there like, with like horror, right? It was kind of like it wasn't until like sci-fi, like Alien and The Thing and E.T. where like people started to take or, or uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey was really the one that kind of kicked that off where people took sci-fi seriously at that point. So it it happens with every genre, and it takes something like uh, at this time, this was an this was a big film, this was a a big uh, a big deal, and the the genre really hadn't done too much. We, we we've had we had had some success with like movies like 
Blade and the the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, the X Men movies. Yeah. Uh, and like, are they like the greatest films of all time? No, but are they? I mean, are they fun? Are they... They, I could say, yeah, Spider Man one, two, banger. Fucking X Men one, X Men two, X two is the awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it, and the Watchmen is something different. And it, this is, it was also at a time. Well, Zack Snyder had been pretty big in developing some of these more alternate graphic novels, like three hundred and this, into. Mm-hmm. movies i think this is just as good as 300 if not better i think he does a he this is like one of his best films in my opinion i think he gets oh, a lot of shit, eagle, and i understand why he gets some of his shit. yeah i would i would say this is probably number one for him but i think as far as like he, he can direct man and he knows his way around a camera he knows how to get the shots he wants he knows how to work with digital effects really well his movies look good yeah uh, yeah they're more style over substance a lot, and that's the issue. But I think he's gotten better with that as well. Yeah, but he also just goes for it. Which I'm curious, does. why do you say he gets shit for this? What, what, like, what, in what way? In the film world, the people give like Zack Snyder's does a lot of shit, but also people give him shit as as if he's like a shitty director. You know, like the same stuff, the same argument people have with like Rob Zombie. You know what I mean? Like some people consider him really good at what he does. Some people don't like him. I happen to see Schneider as a really good filmmaker that hasn't always hit his mark. You know, like a lot of times his original <laughs> stuff is heady. Like he has lofty goals with his mm-hmm. stuff, but then he shoots a little too far. You know, he shoots himself in the foot or something. But I think Zack Snyder is at his best when he has something to adapt from. Yeah, and me too. That's it, what I'm getting at. And it's like when he tries to do some stuff on his own, he, I think, kind of you know, kind of gets a, a little over his skis. I'm seriously looking forward to this Rebel Moon that he's putting out with Netflix, but I mean, that uh, yeah, cute, I've heard so. it, it's looking pretty good. I'm kind of yeah, I'm but interested. it could just be a bunch of like cool scenes wrapped around with nonsense storytelling. But who knows? I, I hope that's not the case. I'm hoping maybe like this is uh, he's gonna kind of pull it all together this time. Yeah, I'm he's like a director that I'm always hoping hits like with the next film, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to dislike his stuff, I want to champion him right right. i can admit though that he's had some faults you know but i think this film i think he hits the mark almost you know 100 percent. yeah hey i agree as someone who loves the graphic novel and the movie like i agree i think it fucking smoked it we get a nice moment in the beginning too where we're like because we're still setting up the characters like we get to see that about the Minutemen that there was another group we see that dan and Hollis Mason, they're having a, a night together where they have like the uh, weekly meetup where they have some beers and talk stories because they were both night out at one point. Right. That's Hollis right. retired and um, Dan uh, was it Dreidberg. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he was forced out uh, from yep. Nixon at one point in the early 80s. I want to say like right before this, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Or late. 70s. And he and he. Uh, right. He he takes the same name. Right. Takes And I I don't know if there's. I don't know if it's supposed to be thought that it's the same character in that universe. Like, are people thinking it's the so same I, night I, think, out I don't know. I well, think they he, know that it's somebody different, but... I, yeah. they, they call him... Well, I, they're... Uh, as far as, like, the credits go, he's Night Owl 2. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even Hollis like Mason... Spectre. Yeah. Yeah, and Hollis Mason even says, like, you're the better Night Owl because he also had the wealth to kind of yeah, create he's got the, the batman because ho- total batman didn't have all the the fucking ship and the no. and all that all the gadgets and all no, that he's stuff. just fought with his fist and he had the persona dude i love that scene you're talking about too rock because he goes come on now hollis we both know that's bullshit 
Mm. And he goes, yeah. hey, watch your mouth, kid. This yeah. is the right yeah. hand that floored Captain Axis. Don't ever yeah, forget yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so and sick. that plays out later on, too, when he, during his death right. scene, because right. we get to see that. Um, yeah, the dude's yeah. been around. Yeah, he was a... Uh, yeah. So I, I like I the idea of... No, I'm sorry. I just wanted to talk about Patrick Wilson real quick on yeah, his, like, his performance. Yeah, well, I have a question about his performance, but like I, I'm going to talk about him real quick. So he, uh, this is a guy who started out in Broadway musicals for one, which is I didn't would never have thought of that. But he has become more of a horror icon as of late with uh, you know stuff like uh, Bone Tomahawk and the the Conjuring universe yeah. and all that stuff. But this role, uh, similar to um, Stallone in Copland, had gained a significant amount of weight to for the you know to ha- to play this overweight character. I think he gained like twenty five pounds extra yeah. to play this to play this role. Yeah, or eleven kilograms he's, for our uh, metric system. because well, yeah, he's got the he's got the he's got the image of like a, a beaten down guy who's kind of lost his, um, his mojo. Oh dude, totally. The flabby, like let himself Um, go kind of thing. Yeah. Because he's not doing the hero stuff anymore. And that is what makes him feel complete, you know? And, uh, similar to, uh, uh, Jackie Earl Haley, he also starred in a movie, uh, the movie little children. And that's the, that's the movie that Zack Snyder watched that he realized that he wanted to cast Patrick Wilson Hmm. for this character. I have to check that out if I haven't seen it already. I have not seen it. I it's, it uh, it sounds interesting. Oh, wow. You guys haven't seen that one. I don't know if I have. No, I've never seen it. When did it, when did it come out? I'm I'm not, it's a joke. I was like, yeah, nice. Um, so Ah, what was the oh, point? Sorry, one, sorry, one more thing, Heidelberg. Hold that thought. So the guys that were considered to play uh, Night Owl, Daniel Drayberg, it during uh, development, Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. Christopher Walken, mm-hmm. Richard Gere, and Richard Gere, get the fuck out of here! No way. <laughs> I, I'm Richard Gere is the one that got you. Yeah, and John Cusack. Yeah, I kind of, I think they cast the right guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay, I was gonna ask you guys: Did you did you like Patrick Wilson in this role? Yeah, yeah. I do. I think he can portray like the everyman sort of like squishy dude, and also yeah. the dude who's like finally got some ass, and uh, and I'm punching dudes in the face again. I feel good again. Yeah. Like my dick's hard. I'm ready. Like I'm good. Ready for action. You know, like I yeah. get that guy. So I understand this dude. Okay. All right. Cool. I think he portrays it pretty well because the guy is sort of like a slouch in the book too. He's sort of like right. But then we see what he's actually capable of when he gets his drive back. And he's like a really good superhero. He's a good detective. He's a good uh, leader, too. I so I'm, so, I'm going to bring this back to Copland. He's a lot like yeah, Stallone like uh, Freddy. He's like Freddy in Copland. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like Freddy. He's lost his mojo. And then he gets it back when he has to finally like stick up for the people that he cares about or whatever. Or, he, you know, when, he gets, on the line. when he when he stoops the girl. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. that yeah. he loves. I, and I like the idea that this movie I like and the story in general, because it's just based on the story is how these heroes like have lineage like yeah. throughout history. Like there's several Silk Spectres because they're related mother, daughter, like there's people that have picked up the mantle like Patrick Wilson's Night Owl. Like he just idolizes the original so much that he took on the mantle and now they've become friends. Like I find that to be a really interesting way of I love it. Building this awesome. world. Um to show because like in the even in the and in the book, if you, when you finish the book, you'll see like there's so much world building yeah. in history. Like there's there's like moments of like f- you're reading someone's file and like excerpts from people's books and shit like that. And yeah. um, 
you know, you just get this sense of this world built. And that's why I think it's a project that has never been able to be made and up until this moment. And Zack Schneider just happened to have, I think, enough of the vision to get it done. Yeah. And I guess, you know, he was a hot, hot take at the moment. Um, People were like, yeah, this guy's hot. We'll, we'll give it to him. He's coming off 300, like you said. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he does a pretty good job just establishing uh like all our little characters in the very beginning and getting us going with these, uh, these different storylines. Yeah. Uh, Rorschach, uh, heads to, he breaks into Dan's house and then him and Dan have a moment that I do like when they're together. Um, yeah, he's eating beans. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like weird. <laughs> just straight out of the can. Dude, out of the can. Like, you want me to heat those? And Dan yeah. kind of takes it pretty cool. Like that he broke into his house. He's like, all right. Like, like he's used to it. Like, this is not the first time. Oh yeah, he's like, oh shit, it's Rorschach. Oh, Rorschach. <laughs> he's, it's just house. yeah, like it's oh, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he Rorschach is like a really interesting character. Like you said, this inkblot mask that he uses, very neuro noir style detective, and he's like this a very engaging character. Like when he's on screen, you're engaged in what's mm-hmm. going on with his character, and then his wild background sort of makes him like squirrely. You know what I mean? Oh, he's like dude, a feral yeah. animal in moments, like when he's well, cornered. No, no one knows who he is. Not even yeah. like. Not even uh, Night Owl. No, not even his best friends. Yeah. 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 That's funny that you mentioned that because he does. You could tell though Rorschach respects and trusts Dan. Oh, yeah. uh, A good bit. And he calls him Daniel. Yeah. He's always like Daniel. (laughs) Yeah. Putting him in his place. (laughs) Uh, But I like that saying he says attack on one is attack on all of us. Like, yeah, he can see he can foresee like this is like someone killed the comedian. There's going to be more ramifications after this. This isn't just going to stop at him. Like something. He's he's pretty much the only one who has kind of uh, stood up against like the the legality of the vigilante. Mm -hmm. Because uh, he still worked this entire time. Because Osmandius and Doctor Manhattan, you know, they're working with the government, but that's about it. Like they're, but uh, essentially, I'm the comedian. He does wet work. Right now he's probably but, yeah. retired, retired, but he was doing like wet work, assassination shit. Oh like, yeah, they said he was still working for for Nixon. That's what that's what they yeah. said when when he when he died. Because he's still a badass in his old age. So oh yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, but uh Rorschach can tell like this is an issue. We need we need to all be alert because who knows someone might be coming for us. You know. Yeah. Initially, when I first watched this, I was thinking because we we saw all those scenes of the the Minuteman being killed and for whatever reason, I was thinking like, damn, has like someone over time been trying to kill all these guys? And... Well, you get the one guy got killed, right? The, um, he got shot up, right? Oh, yeah. You have, oh, that was dollar uh, bill, dollar, like bill. dollar bill. Dollar bill. And was then, shot um, up. the chick with the black wig. What was... Yeah. She was shot. Uh, so, it said lesbian whores too, though. So that seemed like a different, unless it was like a false killing. It seemed like, uh, it was, you know, inspired because of her, her what life. Was her name Silhouette? Her. Yeah. Silhouette, like yeah, he was racist, or I guess. But, oh yeah, for sure. That's that's lesbian. the vibe you get. And then the the other guy goes crazy, right? He gets yeah. Mothman. Mothman, gets, yeah, yeah, he Mothman goes like nut, he loses his mind. I think Hooded Justice is the only one that we don't really. Uh... You never find out who he is. He's never come out, and also he was the first one, right? He was yeah. the first uh, Hooded. Uh, they kind of they dip yeah. more into that into the show. If you watch the HBO show, there's there's the book as well. An HBO too. show. Yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, no. one season show is done by uh, Damon Lindelof. Fuck, I'm going to watch that. Uh, it follows sure. closely to the book as well as like, well, I mean, I think it takes place in the book world possibly yeah. or like partly in this world too. It's weird. 
It is weird. I feel it like does seem to combine them both. But it's sure. interesting. It's an interesting show. Yeah, I check yeah, it out. I feel like I've only scratched the surface, like even in like my research of The Watchmen. I, I feel like there's we so gotta much finish that book that first. Get to. That'd be the first thing to do is finish that book. I think it's important to note too. I don't know. I've, uh, I don't know if we've talked about it, but there's there's a very uh, overwhelming theme of kind of like reflection, uh, like like a wanting for old times. Like you, mm-hmm. that nostalgia ad is fucking everywhere. That specific yeah. nostalgia ad, you, you the trailer, it's on billboards everywhere. And then you even get it. Uh, I know we kind of glanced over it a little bit. The uh, Dan, uh, the night owl meeting, but I mean, even his whole his whole gimmick is like. He's a a cars guy that only works on old shit. Like his sign says, "Obsolete models a specialty." Like he's he's you know it's 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 uh yeah it's just it's a theme that I think is interesting and is important to note as we as we go on talking about it because there's a lot of this like like wanting for an old happier mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I could see that because there's that moment where like Dan's like. uh he says to Rorschach, like, uh, at least I'm not the one still hiding behind a mask. And then Rorschach right. says, no, you're hiding in plain sight. You're like, right in plain sight. And at the same, and while he's doing that, he's pining for his old, the old days of. Exactly. You know, doing yeah, even until he's like, hey, what happened? He's like, you quit. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to us? And he's like, you quit. Yeah. And but that visit from Rorschach does kind of get the juices flowing again for Daniel. Right. At this moment. He's sort of like, yeah. yeah. And the next scene is what? Uh, Ozymandias. Yep enlightening us uh and he's breaking down like the true threat in this movie to us the the viewer the truth the the threat of nuclear war right which is the main overlying theme of this movie um the drive i guess for this he was also the uh based off of like what we find out in the movie uh uh he is uh his name is uh adrian bite also is osmandius he was the first of the vigilantes to show his true identity he was the first one that made like a yeah and he marketed it though he marketed it yeah yeah. so uh matthew good is the uh actor who plays him but snyder initially wanted jude law to play this role Hmm. Um, but he felt that good kind of fit the look a lot better than law did uh do you want to know who else uh approached snyder to play this role like pretty aggressively well yes of course rob uh, that would be a Mr. Tom Cruise. No way. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead serious, dude. And um, yeah, do you feel that Matthew Good was the right choice for Osmandius? Um, I can speak for me. I don't. I most of this cast when I had when I watched this movie, I was unfamiliar with, so there wasn't a yeah. whole lot of that I was like pulling from and like, oh, I know them from this or from that. But um, with that being said, I think that. Uh, let's see how do i say this 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 was absolutely nailed like this was this this movie to me was every single person hit their mark flawlessly like it was just such a good i i couldn't imagine this movie with any character changed in any way like yeah yeah i'm in agreement uh and i do think uh what was it matthew good yeah matthew good i I don't know where he's from like he's uh there's he's been in a bunch of stuff he's uh i think in um the hell is he? I think he's an Australian actor. I could be wrong on that. I think he nails Ozzy Mandis or yeah, Andrew Smite, I think if you he's want. great. Yeah, I was just he's confident, I, but not like too cocky. But you know, like, like he's the smartest guy in the room, but he's not. He doesn't flex it the whole time. But we find out, yeah, you know, we'll find out later. But like he is um, a guy that most American, uh, most American film goers are not really going to know him, right? But I think he nails it. Yeah, dude. 
Yeah, he's Absolutely. got a swag to him that I really like. And he I looks think it's... dope in his armor. Yeah, oh, dude, his suit. His him suit and is... Night, Night Owl, their suits look... They're I mean, all, awesome too, yeah. so all the costume design, period, looks amazing in this film. Yeah. Dude, they I went think, it's weird too. the wall on costume design. They did. And set design. Like, they yeah, built can, real old school it. New York City streets and... Yeah. Yeah. They went old Hollywood with the, a lot of this. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah. Which is um, cool. I think it's important to note, too, here is... So Rorschach starts with with Night Owl with Dan. He goes to Dan, lets him know because he he makes it clear that like you know like an attack on one is attack on all. We everybody needs to know, and Dan know or uh, Rorschach knows that Dan will go to Adrian right because I think he even mentions it as as he's talking to Adrian like, well, I came to you, you know, um, yeah. They knew they knew or uh, between Dan and Rorschach. They knew that Rorschach was not going to talk to Ozymandias. Like that was like mm-hmm. this understanding. And yeah. that's the reason he went to him first, because he knew he would go to him. And then Dan tells Ozzy, like, well, I, yeah, I'm letting you know first, uh, because the whole world knows who you are. So Yeah, yeah. and then Rorschach goes to instead Dr. Manhattan and Lori. Yeah. Dude, that, there's oh, some dude. great lines in in that setup. Okay, well, let's talk about uh Dr. Manhattan and Lori. Uh so Lori is uh her character her the actor who plays Lori Jupiter or Silk Spectre 2 uh that is Malin Ackerman and mm-hmm. you people might know her from uh Harold and Kumar go to White Castle or 27 dresses yeah she was in a she was in a she was in a lot too she, the heart kid um she's good in this yeah. oh she looks great yeah so here's uh over the course of the development uh guess who was considered for this role Hillary oh, Rob, Swank. who else was considered for this role? Yeah, Hilary Swank. Oh. Natalie Portman. Okay. Rachel Weiss. Mm. Jennifer Connell, uh, Connolly. And uh, Heidelberg's favorite, Jessica Alba. Nah, oh, quit playing. Uh, that's they funny. Cast the right one. I, yeah, yeah. I know I said <laughs> yes, they did. I couldn't see any anybody swapped, but. Uh, that nude scene would have been a little different if Jessica yes, Alba. Yes, it have. Or even, <laughs> dude, I, Natalie Portman coming fresh off of V. I think that would have been that would have been. Fucking yeah, sick. I don't. She wouldn't have taken this though, uh, being that she was in V too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, I, I, I kind of agree with that. Like she, yeah, although I mean, um, the script here probably would still have spoken to her. Dude, maybe. that would have been wild if she would have been in two of like some of the dopest fucking comic adaptations mm. in film. She was like one of the one of the main characters in both of them. That's fucking. Yeah, that would be wild. And then, uh, uh, Billy Crudup is. Dr. Manhattan or John Osterman, as we will find out later. Yep. He he's in movies such as Almost Famous, Big Fish, and Mission Impossible Three. He was the bad guy, one of the bad guys in that. Who and, is he in Almost Famous? Uh, I he, don't. I've never seen Almost, I've never seen Almost Famous, so oh, I don't. Almost know. Famous. He's the rock star. Oh, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. The got long hair and shit. So the yeah, mustache. he looks different, yeah, yeah. but he's. All right, the dude, rock that's star. going. I got him. I got a movie for the list. Perfect. All right, there we go. You've I never seen, seen Almost show. Famous. He's an almost famous, yeah. And you've never Rob, seen that, Rob? Rob's I've never, never seen, seen it. it. Oh, shit, put it on the list. Nice. There you go, John. Um, so one thing that they were, uh, what Zack Snyder wanted uh, wanted to make sure is they, they didn't want to give him like kind of like a robotic voice. So they wanted to make sure it was kind of more of a Billy Crudup's voice, but in a very kind of monotone way. I like uh, that. To, yeah, because otherwise it would make it feel a little unsettling. I think. I think it was good. I think they achieved Manhattan. Um, He's a hard character. Yeah, so, what you just described is like perfect because it's like 
like I wouldn't have thought of that, but as you say that, to like after hearing the character, like yeah, seeing that is like a oh, Doctor Manhattan, but like he just... kind of looks like I, I don't uh, John doesn't he look a little bit like Seth from uh, uh, Street Fighter Five? Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> but uh, you want to know who was initially offered this role? That well, of course be, we do, Rob. That would be Mr. Keanu Reeves. Nah. And he, oh. ser- he seriously considered it, but ended up finally turning it down. Whoa, time is like crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, the other thing, it was like, so Billy Crudup would wear a, um, he wore like a special suit that also had, like he had like the LED blue lights on him. And the fake dong. So that way. Uh, was that him real dong swinging? That magnum yeah. <laughs> dong or dude? Do you have, yeah, do you have any trivia on the dong, Rob? Come on, get to it. A, a right? lot of people like the dong swinging. I'll just say that. That was a blue lot of the dong. trivia. If you like about. blue dong, watch the HBO show. That's all Not I'm word. Dude. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> that's a uh, yeah. No, Billy Crudup was perfect for this role. He was he nailed it as Doctor Manhattan. I'll just say that he, he does. And his his little chapter where we get to see like how he's created, mm-hmm. I really like the way it like jets us back and he narrates it. And it's so like like you said, his monotone voice is just very. It's kind of depressing where we're just like it's shit, perfect it's because he it tells still his story of his human. death. Like it. It, it you have that human sound to it you know mm-hmm. what i mean but like you said it's also just sad devoid human, of any emotion human. like it's just yep. like it's delivered perfectly now they say that like you know dr manhattan is the only one with superpowers but i feel like everyone else of these characters has super strength i know yeah, ozzy, ozzy like mandia is in the comedian they both make it seem like they're I, yeah like borderline super yeah. serum or something like yeah. that you know what i mean like yep oh like captain america style i don't know they just look like that. Like, yeah, when they hit people, it's like, boom, they're blasting through fucking walls and shit. Well, not only that, but there's there's no human in the world who can catch a fucking bullet, bullet or is even yeah. close to that to that speed. Like, that's a completely unrealistic thing. Because so he's not only like, the smartest man, he's also like the most athletic. He's like yeah, the most everything. Yeah. Like, he's right. like, if he played D&D, if he was a D&D character, he'd be like 20 everything. Like every every stat, every every five. role, every time, dog. Crit. Yeah. All his stats are up there. Charisma. Yeah. Check strength, dexterity. He's got it all. Donger. Yeah. Dong swinging. <laughs> as far as his dong wasn't swinging. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do like how he's like obsessed too with like Alexander the Great and he like considers himself like a modern day Alexander. Yep. Um, a little weird. <laughs> but, but yeah, but I can understand this is centric in a yeah, world of like Elon Musk. Like this guy's sort of like up there, like in that world. You know what I mean? He's like a billionaire, uh, yeah. but he just thinks differently than than other people. He thinks more like Dr. Manhattan than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into like what uh, my thoughts on like how Osmandius is, you know, ultimate plan later on as we get to that, that part. Yeah. Of the film. yeah. We do see too here. Um, when what's it? Lori goes out on a date and well, she goes out on a, you know, dinner date or whatever with um, Dan. Dan. So we see that there's some chemistry there, like a little history. I think they've always I liked it with John. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. They just maybe that- never did anything about it. Right before that, before we get, I just want to talk about when when Rorschach is going in there, like the all this, like those lines that he has of that interaction with Doctor Manhattan. Like I love when he's getting in there and he's like, like you see him like where he's hopping buildings and cutting chains. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to go tell the what does he say the uh, the indestructible the most indestructible man. Yeah, that someone plans to kill him. Kill him. Yeah, I do like that. I fucking love that. And you know, John already knows he's coming. Right. He walks in and he's, you know, it's 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 funny because it, it, that's another shot that like from the book 
is just like a perfect panel cut where you got like and 50 he turns foot... around and he's he, it's just his dong in the yep, panel yep. i think fat <laughs> donger 50 foot tall dr manhattan with just his meat just like splash meat. page just dong it, it it really is yeah <laughs> i have a question though like because silk specter to uh um Lori and john mm-hmm. their relationship is odd I mean, I don't know if they explain it further, like how they got together, like more how they yeah. got together. Uh, but man, it doesn't feel like it makes a whole lot of sense to me. It did what at you one mean... point for them. What was that? He said that I said it did at one point for them. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, their relationship did make sense. But I think John was more fo- like closer. Like he said, she's like that one part of humanity that like keeps yeah. him here on Earth. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. I think he got distance you know, through his project with Ozymandias as well as just, like, in general, like, the things that he got to see, you know what I mean? Like, we see his... We see a lot of the things that he saw that he just was a viewer for, that he didn't step in and do anything for, you know? All the people dying in war because with him, he's, you know, he he himself admits that he's a puppet, that he's right. just one that can see the strength. Yeah. yeah. And so, okay. like, yeah, I think... I don't know. It gives him a well, human and- quality, even though he's sort of not human anymore. Right. And uh, and that, I mean I think Rob the, you know he's just uh that's like his uh, he's with he's with Janie and he's uh, you know he's like eh, she's fucking getting old, and he sees the you know the young Miss Jupiter mm-hmm. at the at the meeting and he's just that's just like that that human side to he's just like yeah man I'm yeah, stuck in time moment look, of weakness yeah mm-hmm. like he just he just moved on you went 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 with so you uh, think he would always probably trade up for a, a younger trick because yeah that, dude that's it yeah yeah i think he would i think that's i think that's kind of the, had, like yeah he's, he's stuck in a different like he sees time differently he's like no i need a young chick right <laughs> yeah he's the ultimate sugar daddy <laughs> yeah yeah um i do like the moment where i like we get introduced to uh carla jugina gugino oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. She looks amazing. She looks smoking hot too, as the soap factor. So fine. No stocking and garter belt combo. Yeah, boy. So, um, we've all seen her in a bunch of stuff. Uh, She's in Spy Kids trilogy. She's in Night at the Museum. Son-in-law. The One. Sin City. Uh, Actresses that were considered for her role were uh, Liv Tyler, Jamie Lee Curtis, Hmm. and Margaret. Uh, wow. And Margaret, uh, if you don't know her, back in like the are 60s, these people that were like looked into for this role, like throughout the history of this movie possibly being made, or they're just it's got to be with so 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 Zack Snyder so because obviously we we're seeing her in uh, uh, they were initially they were considering having two different actresses to play that role, so the younger one and the older one. Zack Snyder felt it would be better to cast a younger actress and then put prosthetics to yeah. make her look old. So they, they okay. would have to use one actor. Yeah, I, was, I wouldn't have been mad if they went with two. It doesn't so, look that great. It's very so uh, I, Back to the Future too. So at the time that this film was initially being you know, potentially cast, Anne Margaret would be a great older version. Uh, so in the 80s, would would not be a bad older version sure, of yeah, yeah. So Spectre. Uh, because at the time, you know, she was a little bit older, but Anne, Anne Margaret is a fine actress. Trust me. Well, back even Jamie Lee Curtis, too, is an, I feel like is another one that like what you're talking about I, I right now sits that, in that same so role. So back in the the initial casting run in the 80s, I have a feeling that they were going to go with Jamie Lee Curtis and Anne Margaret. So Anne Margaret would play the older 
Jamie Lee Curtis would play the younger. Oh yeah, that that you guys are creating an alternate timeline of of a movie that didn't take place based on a movie that's based on an alternate timeline. Yeah, I did break that seventh (laughs) wall. I got two more actresses for you. There was also Catherine Zeta Jones was considered and Sigourney Weaver. That's what I'm saying. This casting's all over the place. And yeah, dude, to that's gotta be history, that's not gotta be throughout history. Now, I don't know how people that were tagged with this movie, probably, but not necessarily considered by. I don't think these were all people that were considered by Snyder. Right? No, 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 no. These were. I'm talking about like through the entire history. So, like I said, had the film been made at a different time, we would have had a completely different casting list. So this is not all Snyder's casting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I just want I just want to make that clear. It's not all Snyder's castings. Snyder pretty much kind of like with the the people that we got in the film, outside of maybe like Jude Law and Keanu Reeves, the people we got are the people he yeah, looked he at. Wanna. Yeah. So we find out through um the original through uh what's her name Sally, Jupiter. Yep. Um, we find out about like the old gang and like there's a falling out with the comedian. We find out why because he tried to rape her at that one. Duke. One moment, which is fucking yeah. gross. Um, but even though we later find out that they did have a thing, even though yeah. that, that that happened, and that he's Laurie's father, and it's you know it's really complicated. But Hooded Justice walks in at that moment and beats the shit out of him, beats the dog shit out of him, um, and he wears it, dude, like a fucking barbarian. Yeah. And you he's know, I, like... in the book too, there's like a thing like Hooded Justice was into her, yeah. And so that's why the comedian's like, "Oh, is this your thing? You like to watch or like whatever?" Right, and right. Do this like. Oh, yeah. is that why? Oh, yeah. Shit, shit. And that's why he's the Hooded Justice starts beating them even more, I think. Which is funny because in the show, Hooded Justice, it's a com- fucking completely different than all of that. The HBO show is uh, completely different. Yeah. But um, and then we get our time in Vietnam, right? Yes. Right. From there, we go, we, from there we go to that. The comedian doing his wet work and Dr. Manhattan being used by Nixon to assert our dominance to end the war. I mean, Manhattan's just obliterating these Vietnamese soldiers like and it's all set to the ride of the Valkyries yeah instead of apocalypse I was now. thinking of uh, apocalypse now yeah yeah that's what I was thinking of like watching that scene yeah which and- this is the scene that I was fucking bummed about because it's like I see it starting to come up and I'm like oh that song from the trailer is gonna fucking kick <laughs> in right now and it's fucking I was just like what the fuck is this yeah, and I, I do remember that that song is not in the movie at all not even in the like the credits, I don't think. No, and it, it just, it it just was like, dude, it just seemed. I might harp on this it a lot. So. Well, for the t- for the trailer though, I remember it, that dog. It was perfect. It was so yeah, good. I believe it was a Smashing Pumpkins song. I didn't. I was unfamiliar with it, so I wouldn't I have be to check it out there. Again, I believe it's Smashing Pumpkins, and it just it, like because it I, kicks I, in during like the funeral scene too. They show yeah, the dude, being it's lowered. in our darkest yeah. and it's just mm-hmm. like all the shit. It's like oh fuck yeah. I, I have a feeling, though, that somebody in, like, kind of the sound design felt like oh, this is a, a a big Apocalypse Now moment. Like, kind yeah, of like, yeah. Well, here's the thing about that song. The reason it's probably not used is just as a period piece, this movie. That exactly. song didn't I think that's why they changed it. Yeah. yeah that when they sense. actually used, it, used songs for the film, they used all period film, uh, songs from this time frame. You know, yeah. songs that yeah. would have been out, like Jimi Hendrix and, you know, Bob Dylan and stuff like that. So that's yeah. why. That's why it's not really in there, if I had to guess. Yep. Unfortunately, but it was great for the marketing and it got me riled up about the film. Yeah. But oh, dude, man. it just we see another scene with like com- the comedian just being a complete piece of shit. Oh, dude. Yeah, he kills this pregnant woman who claims that the baby's his. 
Well, even before that, when he down. fucking mows the guy down with the flamethrower and yeah. he fucking lights the cigar and he just mm-hmm. fucking... Well, we can see that this war, like, just going to war is just... It's just... It satiates his bloodlust. Yeah. He fits um, well. He's he's and, very Marv like like that way. Yeah, he's a, I mean? he's a sociopath. Uh, yeah, the comedian. And yeah, he kills. He guns down this pregnant woman. Doctor Manhattan watches and then says something. And the comedian's like a little, a little preachy here though, because he condemns Manhattan for not caring about humanity or stepping in. It's like, bro, you just killed a pregnant woman. Like, you don't obviously give a fuck either. No, well, I get that, but I that dude that might be one of my favorite quotes in the movie, and he kind of yeah, sets yeah, yeah. up like. Like, yeah, Dr. Manhattan is falling away because he's uh-huh. like, you could have turned the fucking gun to steam. You could have turned the, the pillow to or the glass to pillow like, he, but you fucking did it. And it's yeah. like it's you, you kind of like it It at least as, as a viewer. Me, but he Manhattan doesn't use his powers that way. He's more like, I, I mean, I guess I don't know. He just seems like he's viewing things. He doesn't step in. Well, that but still, that's that's the comedian's point. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't give a shit. He's, he he has this uh, Dr. Manhattan, so I was like, that was you shouldn't have done that. That was so bad. It's like, well, if you felt it was so bad, yeah. why did you step in and do something about it? Right, you could have fucking prevented this. But I think yeah, that that's... was more the point of that of that scene. Yeah, yeah, to set that up too. And the comedian, the fact that like he once did have a child, you know, and he killed it, yeah. and the, and his mother, and then later on that plays in later. Yeah, when he finds out that you know Laurie's his kid. Uh, we do see too the beginning of the Watchmen. We see their first meeting after this. Yep. And um, all these flashbacks are played out over the comedian's funeral, which I do like. The, like the '60s flashback of Night Owl and comedian working together. It looked like like during riots or something. Yeah. Or maybe during the '80s. I don't know. Yeah, I think the '80s, right? Because it was of, the '80s yeah. when when they were shutting down the superheroes. That's what it was. Yeah. Right. Got to got to do it well before the masks get. Uh... Yes. Yep. And it sets to like, I'm your boogie man, I'm your yeah, boogie yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just the scene of like him riding Night Owl's like vehicle on the oh, outside yeah, and then the jumping down. And it's dude, like a helicopter shot in Nam, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he just jumps down and it, it, the weight of him, like when he hits the ground, he's like, boom, you know? Buckles, yeah. And he just starts punching fucking civilians. And the first one he punches is a woman. Woman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dog, the <laughs> Right no, face, no regard, just like I was, I was thinking no about Clint Eastwood in a fistful of dollars. <laughs> yeah, but at least he seems startled that he had punched a woman. This guy that is true. Definitely like, dude, he just was like just another around. day at the office, and then he yeah. just starts <laughs> blasting everybody else. And he's this man is a savage, and he's played excellently by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, especially in this scene. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's he's perfect in this role. Yeah, this is a great scene. Um, yeah, and this is like this is the movie where he got put on my list too. Of like, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, like actors to keep an eye on. When he was cast as Negan, I was like, "Oh, that's a perfect fit." Even though I kind of tuned out after that moment in Walking Dead history, but but he, 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 he was a good great cast casting for, for that. Yeah. yeah, but um, very similar character, by the way. I think this film did, and Morgan himself did a really good job to portraying this comedian. Um, because having just read the book, I thought it, it his performance stood out a lot to me. It was yeah. the one performance that really pulled me in. That I that kind of felt like it was right out of the book. You know what I mean? The rest of the actors, Ooh. I got around to it. Like, all right, the guy playing now, he did a good job. Like Rorschach. Oh, and Rorschach. Rorschach actually was straight out of the book too. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then the rest of the characters all hit their marks. And, and definitely when I look back, like, yeah, they're great. But yeah, I think Rorschach, especially, and um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I think they just, they were like, like you said, they were the two castings that were like, there was no question about them. Right. And it shows. Yeah, I can no, see why. No, no question. Yeah. 
I could definitely see why. But I do like this scene where they're all getting these little flashbacks from things they remember. Yeah, dude, comedian. from the funeral, it's like you said, they literally go like perspective, like person to person. Like they, there's the person sitting there like at the funeral going through whatever, you know, like you're just getting that slow kind of pan. Mm-hmm. And then like you can tell they're in thought. Yeah. And then it cuts to the scene that they're like what we watch is what they're thinking about in that moment. You know yeah. what I mean? That like, even that even um that even probably proves your theory more of two about maybe the uh the dream sequence uh, the, you know like memories flashing back cuz yeah, everybody yeah. here is having their own memories of times that they had involving the, the better times. Yeah. And, and they're all uh, you know around Blake. And I think too the um it, I think it's it, this is also like where we kind of find that like no one really knows Rorschach's identity because he's out on the outskirts with the right. end is nigh sign looking like a homeless, you know, freak. dude, he's like that in the book. And there's yep. a long time. To, the book doesn't just tell you who that guy is, but you nope. see this guy in some of the city shots. And eventually when you find out like, oh, shit, that was Rorschach the whole time. Yeah. I remember like going back in the book yep. to be like, wait a minute, what? Dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's in there. He's in the book. Oh, shit. That revelation is so cool. And then like you. Yeah. Like you said, the like the because like you said, the care. Yeah, dude. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I was like, I remember going back into the beginning chapters like, oh, shit. There he is in the fucking background at the comic where the guys are in the comic book. And right. Uh huh. Yeah. He's just like he's a he doesn't trust anybody. And he's he's a great observer. Well, yeah, everybody ignores him. Yeah, so he observes, and that's probably right, how he exactly. gets a lot of his information on the streets is yeah. just blending in, you know, as a psycho. Now, we, so uh, I don't think we really touched on this yet, but we we are specifically, we all watch the director's cut. Um, that is great. Yeah, I did. And so uh, this is, uh, this scene in particular has is one of those, like, extended scenes from the theatrical where they show Malik, too, Um because yeah. Moloch in the theatrical is just a very tiny blimp at the very end. And this we see uh, Moloch comes up and like grabs the dirt, you know what I mean? And, and throws it in the cat. Like it, it's a lot. Yeah, it, he it's brings a lot some more flowers. Right, right. But the the flowers he does after that's in the that's in the theatrical too. He oh, drops that off. But that's just that like blimp at the very end, that last like. So um, but I, I thought it was weird because we're not seeing a flashback from him. In this in in this moment at the funeral, we do Night Owl, Doctor Manhattan, uh, uh, the oh my um, god, why am I blanking? We get to see Lori. Yeah, Lori. Lori has one. Yeah, Night Owl has one. Manhattan. Um, but we don't. Yeah. But you don't. But Moloch is there. But you don't. You don't quite get that. I don't and think then, he's at the. I don't think he's at the funeral with them, like elbow to elbow. I think he, he shows he, up once he, they walk he, away. He walks up. He comes in after yeah, everyone so starts to from leave afar and, like, and came in to pay his respects. The uh, the guy who plays Moloch, or as we know him, Max Hedrum. Yeah, thank you, Max Hedrum. There. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I do like that he comes to pay his respects. I like this moment. Like, him, I mean, I think been... the reason we don't see his visions of like me- memories is because we got to see them in some of the photos and the the. We got yeah. to see Malik getting like busted by comedian yeah. and photos and stuff like that. So we see they that they have a past. And mm-hmm. we'll find out later that there was some sort of connection. The comedian had been having some sort of conversations with Malik. Yeah. 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 Which is, I, which is, we get that because that next scene, right? I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, Rorschach uh, breaking into Malik's house. Malik's place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
and then that's when we get the like you're talking about the the stuff that he starts when he, he follows starts Malik Hall. We see, yeah, yeah. What is he talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Um, Swear to me, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I forgot. One of my uh, one of my back, uh, just real briefly back to the dinner with uh, Dan and uh, Lori when they're they're kind of reminiscing, right, having their little nostalgia feels going back and forth. And uh, they talk about that guy who pretended to be the supervillain just to be beat up. I can't remember his name. Captain Carnage. Yeah, and they, they're yeah. talking about and him. Rorschach drops him down an elevator. Yeah, dude, that shit is so funny. She, <laughs> yeah, because he's like, like whatever happened he just wanted to be beat up on. Dude, yeah. and the way that Dan delivers that line is like so fucking per- He's like, oh, well, uh, he Rorschach tried that on Rorschach on and Rorschach dropped him down an elevator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, then <laughs> so, so yeah, Lori just sort of like, oh. Uh, and holds back a laugh, sort of like, that's yeah, not funny, like, that's not funny. It it's like, it, yeah, it kind of well, is. Sort of is. <laughs> oh, dude, I, lo- yeah. I love that. I, and it's just kind of even more like a glimpse into Rorschach's like mind, right? Like you're mm-hmm. kind of getting a story about him from someone else. And you're like, yeah, that guy's a fucking nut. <laughs> like he's just all the way Absolutely. crazy. Absolute nut. Yeah. But he's the kind of nut you want on your side. Oh, for sure. You know as, I mean? we, as you you know, this is and again, this is more to his detective work. Like we're talking about this scene here with him, with Moloch, where he's like, uh, we we kind of get introduced to the the uh, the you idea the of all these people with the with the cancer. Right. Because he checks, tells him he's like, pyramid, oh, so I'm uh, company. Yeah. Pyramid. Yep. He tells uh-huh. him, so I'm clean, you know, and he's like, oh, clean. And then he rips those pills. Then he out says, of I have drawers. the cancer. Right. And I like that how he describes it. He's like, "What kind of cancer?" And he's like, "You know the kind that people recover from." Yeah, it's not that kind. That ain't the kind yeah. I got. Yeah. So don't worry, I'm gonna die soon, like a horrible yeah. death. So you don't have to beat me up anymore. But and I then, do like that uh, moment with him. And then after this is where you get uh, Rorschach walking around, and he's kind of like in, in a bad mood, right? He's kind of like distraught because he talks about, you know, he hears uh, the crazy story from Moloch and everything, and he's like, uh, feel depressed. Well, he says about like, seeing Dan earlier, too. Right, right. Like, oh, you're right, you're right. Because right. he's like chubby, let himself go, and doesn't right. like doesn't fight crime anymore. Flabby doesn't failure, have any drive. Right. Like, yeah. Flabby failure, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We get a cut to Lori. She's having a threesome with uh, John, multiple multiple Dr. Manhattans, because he's working. Yep. So he split himself to sleep with his wife, but she doesn't appreciate it. Like, she feels disconnected from him, and this John is why. John is trying to give her the double bubble. That's mm. right. oh. Double bubble. I see. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> like that. And uh, Manhattan, we find out, is scheduled for a big interview later. So yep. he's working. He's distracted. Um, so he's trying to please his girl, but he's like not connected to her anymore. And she can tell. Well, I really like too how they set it up because, like, you're talking about, you know, there there's multiple of them. But when he, it's not like there's multiple of it's him. It's not the one of him. Well, because when they talk, all yeah. of, like when he talks, like it might be different actions that he's doing. But when mm-hmm. he says to her, he's like, I, I don't know what stimulates you anymore. Like that. It, I, I think it's important to note that all of them, he's he's just physically splitting himself. But yeah. as far as like his attention is still not with her. Right. Right. Well, and, yep. you, and, you know, when they all come together and he's like, because the, the two that are that are chasing her out of the bedroom as she walks in. And it's like, which one's giving me a pity fuck? And mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, uh, I didn't, I didn't think it was imp- what, oh, what, what's the line? But, anyways, what, as he says that, you see the two behind her saying the exact line, 
And then it cuts to him at, at the whatever that fucking thing that he's working on for it's the project that he's working on for, for Adrian. Um, Ozymandias, yeah. Uh, it's it, 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 it was just interesting to me and it, it stood out to me where it's like these aren't individual Johns like this is it's still the same John because they they're not having independent thought or or uh, like conversations. Whatever he is saying is coming out of all three of them at the same time. Yeah, they're just like copies, like extensions of him. Right. It's so like you can do more uh, things. It's like the shadow clones from like Naruto. He's just mm. uh, created like all these copies of himself, but it's still just him. Right. Yeah. So at this moment, she's sort of driven to Daniel's arms. Um, yeah. And she goes to visit him to talk. And she can't relate to Dr. Manhattan anymore. She's so she's like feels distant. And she arrives. He arrives at his interview. We see him get dressed and he like materializes there yep. all of a sudden. Yeah. And I love that moment. Of like, oh. Why don't you tell me uh, Dr. Manhattan arrived? Like, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that blue is not going to work. And he just like, oh, like makes his blue like a little darker. I like that moment where he just fixes it. Yeah. That better. <laughs> his control of everything, like. Like just his death alone, like the way he's like broken down every atom or molecule yeah. and and taken apart, obliterated yeah, and then put it and then he puts himself back together. Right. It's yeah, pretty crazy. Think, yeah. And then we obviously we get the uh the press conference or like kind of the interview that he's uh that he's mm-hmm. conducting. And it's kind of like one of those open like interviews, like where audiences are you know, the, the reporters in the audience are asking questions. And this one dude just like unloads on him, like, yeah, oh, and all these people that like it's so essentially like making it look like he is the one that's causing, you know, he is a cancerous um, nuclear reactor, essentially, and has been his ex, Wally Weaver. Yeah. It's implied that he's gotten them all sick. And we'll find out later that that's not actually true. No. Right. But uh, a, but yeah, she, but his ex shows up. Janie, Dude, that's yeah. what really j- drives him. Yeah, Janie. Uh, obviously well, and and in this scene, he's flipping back and forth between like like this is when he's remembering his own self as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like because this is where we start to get his actual background, exactly like, how right, he became right. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, and he was in love with Janie. Like they right. had a true love, and yeah. his accident was super un- uh, like unfortunate, um, and that she like was gonna have to watch him deteriorate like that, like immediately. She had to run away. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like, I find it very hard to believe this is like there's no way that they couldn't have shut that fucking process down, bro. Like when you think yeah, about right? government study and stuff like that, everything has a fucking east. Once stop. the door locked, like, well, I mean, I don't know exactly what they're working with. So maybe once the, the accelerator started doing their thing, whatever, there's no shut. Like, it's it could be worse to shut them down mid, you know. Hi, John. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, we can't. You know protocol, like we can't open the door. Yeah, I get that. But that was so sad. Oh, dude, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and he gets to see the moments of like wa- uh, watch making. Yep, with, with his, his dad, dad his whatever. dad teaching him yep. that because that was his. Yeah, dad. what helped him put like, his body back together, kind of. Yeah, that's probably how he did it. That's probably why he survived. His understanding of inter- internal like workings and mechanisms and shit like that. He's a very smart man, obviously. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because his body kind of like rebuilds itself out of sheer will, like. In the book, yeah, like he creates, recreates himself, yeah, as a god in a sense. Like he doesn't necessarily consider himself a god; he's something else. But, um, yeah, he creates himself. Like he doesn't have to have a body, I don't think, but he creates it. You know, mm-hmm. but it's interesting the way he just like I don't know. 
his his persona, the, his like glow and like the little insignia that he makes on his head. I like that moment. Yep. Yeah, because this this is the flashbacks where he's also he he ends up leaving. Like you know, it goes how leave how, me alone. I like yeah, that. dude, that I uh, feel like that some days, man. I get it, bro. Yeah, and creates the fortress of solitude on Mars. Basically, yep. yeah, that's yep. pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, it looks badass. It's like glass because it's sand. Right. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. He's pretty cool though. Like I do like this like little moment. He has like, cool as... powers. I mean, and like he he is an interesting character because you're not really sure where his mind is at. Like what I mean, he's been working to preserve humanity, but like at the same time, it doesn't seem like he gives a shit about humanity. And he would rather like just be by himself and like whatever, you know, cre- he could create something. You know, well, yeah, he no longer has his like own humanity. He's not of, you know, and because, not... and because um, was it um, uh, Lori kind of has no more interest in him. It's not, it's not keeping him grounded, right? There on Earth, because he just no longer has the ability to connect with anybody. That was his one remaining link. Yeah, so it's kind of like, like I said, he's an interesting character. You know, he goes off off and fucks off to mars and this is what obviously this is where the tension of the the movie builds because now we have like you know the cold war is still raging and it's like mm-hmm. we're at the brink of nuclear war mm-hmm. the, the doom clock is going to like and now know, this guy our major weapon and yeah that was supposed to be some... yeah that was our get out of jail free card. it was yeah he, he can stop the nuclear bombs coming to us and so now mm-hmm. it's like well fuck now there's nothing to prevent that so it's almost it's like it's coming yeah, so it's like, oh, we can attack the Americans now. Their main right. weapon is gone. Or the Americans are doing something shady and trying to, you know, get bait us to something. bait us into something by pretending their weapon's gone. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We get this moment, too, where the um, I like where Dan and Lori are walking home and uh, she decides to walk through like the uh, the alleyway because she's feeling like mad. Yeah. And they, they take out a bunch of those gang members from the not tops. The not tops. Yeah. And that's I love this scene. And yes, I love the gore, John. Yeah. There's some good gore in this scene. There's just <laughs> a brutality to this film, I think. Dude, when, when, they, fighting. when he punches that dude's like elbow Arm, and, it just, and it just splits. Oh, oh, the bone oh. pops out. Yeah. I loved it. And they're just so hot for each other after this moment. Oh, dude, for sure. Oh, dude. They, like like they, that that was that fight scene was a sex scene. Yeah. yeah. It sort of I was. just didn't like her cheesy line. Like the only thing I didn't like was like he's like, "Oh, this is kind of a bad ha- neighborhood," you know. And she's like, "Good, I'm in a bad mood." Yeah, I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> I was just like, Come on, dog. You get it, you slay girl, slay. Girl. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was like, what, are we what are we doing here, dude? No, so, yeah, uh, but one, I, I did. Love the one it. thing that like uh, uh, the actress who played Lori. She did like an extensive like fight training for this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it pays off. I think she, she does. does. It pays off yeah. later too in the prison. Yeah, yeah, she does a great yep. job. She, like with her, her like uh, leg kicks and stuff, and her stance, like, way she pivots and stuff looks legit. Like yeah, that wasn't bullshit. She, like, she was able to do that. Yeah, she's like swinging her weight around and stuff. I thought it was pretty good. Those moves. I thought. Well, uh, what's his name? You did Patrick Wilson did pretty good too. Yeah, uh, I mean he he's a he's a pretty spelt guy like i think he uh, yeah he gained weight for the role but i think he was able to still had the flexibility mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah i did like that scene i like that gang too the not tops they're just the not uh, tops right kind of cool retro uh futuristic sort of they all rock uh, man buns 
Yeah, man buns of some they kinda, sort. Maybe they're trying to um, have that, like, samurai look to them. They remind yeah. me of, like, a Dark Knight sort of um, gang or something like that. I yeah. And a Batman. But, yeah, I do like that. Uh, yeah, so I like that moment where they're just, like, we see Dan sort of, like, kicking ass again. And it feels great. And he's doing it with his favorite lady friend, to be honest. Yeah. Like, this woman that he's always had a crush on. So uh, I'm kind of digging that for Dan because I like Dan's character. And I... And, and I He's like the everyman in a sense. He's easy to, and you feel sympathy for him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you get it. He talks you know, like about he, his dad left him all the money mm-hmm. and he didn't, he didn't know what he was going to do. Like he didn't no. plan, like he, he knew that he wanted that to be this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he ends up doing like all the right things with his money and his abilities. Uh, yeah. Which is like ideally what you, what you would want in a superhero type character, right? Even though he, you know, he has flaws. They're mostly like insecurity and stuff in this movie. Right, right. He's lost his mojo. Uh, and we do see that because there's a moment where he and, um, what's her name? Lori, Lori. hook up. Yeah. Uh, she throws herself at him a little bit after they, uh, well, she's like sneaking around in his, uh, his house. She finds the, uh, well, not finds, but like is kind of looking around in the, um, the downstairs area where his night owl stuff is. And she's kind of touching the ship, like reminiscent of it and stuff like that. Yeah. And sets off the flame and then yeah. he comes down and they start talking about stuff up there. And then, yeah, that turns into, I think he gets insulted about something or whatever. Well, right? this is uh, yes. Perfect. Cause this is some of the director's cut as well. Some of this stuff wasn't in the theatrical that, that this parts of this specific scene, but yeah. Cause she puts on the eye goggles and oh, yeah, from that's the eye it. goggles. She's like, Oh, this must be what John she mentions. Sees. John. Yeah. Yeah. And they're having a like, moment. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, bitch, and put it, my shit back. I'll be yeah, upstairs. Yeah, he's like, my dick went soft. Get the fuck upstairs. Yeah. But yeah, then she comes up to him like, but John doesn't see me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you see me. I know that you see me. And yeah. so, yeah, they have this moment and he like literally has to tap out. Like, he's like, I just can't. Can't. Can't, can't get it going. It yeah. And because his mind is just not right. And like, I get it. Like, I, that's such a like a, a weird th- You would think like, oh, what? He's like a superhero. But I think it's such a plain, normal thing to have like. It's a realistic thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to have this like dude who's capable of all this shit go through this. It speaks for like, hey, anybody can deal with stuff like personal stuff going on in their life. Trauma, depression, like it hits even these caped crusaders, these superheroes. Yeah. And like when you've been stuffing yourself, you know, uh, and and been in hiding for so long and you're not being when you're eating like a gallon of Haagen-Dazs every night. You know, no, I'm just (laughs) He's not that cupcake fat therapy. It's cupcake yeah. therapy. Um, but I kind of like that they put that moment in there because it's like, yeah, he's about to bed down the hot babe, the young chick who wants him, and like doesn't the, have uh, it. Wah, wah, wah. Sorry, they can't do it. You think he'd have a pill for that though? He's oh, like, a girl, like <laughs> pop a little there, nostalgia a, pill. Yeah, hold on, let me just get my utility belt. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it, it, I think it's it it it's more of. Sp- not necessarily speaking to just like, oh, look at, you know, look at this guy. He can't get it up. Mm-hmm. It's more of like when you are not, when your mind is not right, when you're not. Well, he's being, not being himself, the true self that exactly. he is. He's not living the life that he wants to be, that he should be living. And he, sure, he has the girl that he wants to be with, but he's not being who he wants to yeah, be. Yeah, so her. he just doesn't feel confident about himself. Like, he's like, right. nah. And then I do like this moment li- later, though, when he has this nightmare of them, like, tearing off their their right. outside flesh to reveal their costume selves. Yeah. And then they embrace each other during the nuclear explosion. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And he Which wakes is, up from that. Yeah. Huh? That moment, too, also speaks a little bit, because uh, with later with the Rorschach, because... 
he also is like that where he, uh, the the real person well, yeah, he's attached to his mask is that's the his costume. face it's, yeah when he takes off it's like give me back my face yeah, yeah he bugs <laughs> out but so we get this cool moment of like i like she wakes up and he's missing and she goes downstairs and he's just looking at his costume butt naked and i love butt that ass. i think that's a man ass <laughs> moment i think that's a man ass moment of just like yeah baby this is much i like i want to be that dude again yeah you know and i'm just i'm having this moment just naked did they, so did, did they just sleep naked or like did they fuck at some point? They, uh, I think, I, they I think, tried, it, I, you know, no, they can't. Like he's, yeah. she's but willing, she but she still he's... stayed the night. So, in case. yeah, she stayed the night, right? But then she kind of like, well, fucking put it on then. Let's go. Let's Do go. The damn thing. And I love this moment where they're like, fuck let's it. Get let's this, start off the get, old. Uh, what, what's the ship called? Archie. 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 Yeah, Archimedes. For, uh, Archimedes. Yeah, Archimedes. And this ship's pretty cool, man. And we see it yeah. here. It's like a submarine in a, in a way. So yeah. it's like an owl in the front. And it's got all this variety of the way it moves and stuff. And yeah. So let me. T- so that they built this. I thing. Know. Yeah. They actually built they this. Spent thing. a lot of money on this stuff. Dude, uh, I, I'm I'm glad they did this because it, it could have been very easy to just go CG and have it look at all that stuff. No, no, they actually built a it's ship. It's all real. The in cockpit up, all like even those like coffee cups that you see them having with like the machine, like that all stores up and goes away. Like it's yeah, real. they the, the but they built yeah. a real life ship. Mm-hmm. They did a, minis too, right, Rob? They did. It's do on minis. a rig too, and it like moves around, yeah. right? So what was cool is so the rig that this thing is on. It, it goes um, up they, too. I think it can like raise up. And... So it's connected to a computer rig as well, and so you have a guy that is controlling the movement with like it's like special remote control, so he can kind of like tilt it, turn it this way, that way. Yeah. You just got a Wiimote out there, dude. Dude, it's the amount of time and money that they spent on this thing is nuts. Yeah. That's but, dope. Like, you know what it, it pays looks good. Off, it shows up it looks... on film, so I mean, it's yeah, it, dude, it's that, worth it. That ship looks great on film. Any scene yeah. that they have where the comedian jumps out of the lens, like off the lens, the the front lens of it. Yeah. So like... we get that. We get that. So there's a very limited CGI in here. The, yeah, there is a little bit of green screen, but they build actual sets. Like the towns were built on actual sets. It's just a uh, so the uh, this like the scene like where they kind of go off and like. Oh, there's a you know there's a fire, mm-hmm. and so they go off like they're in costume. They go off and like they're gonna like rescue people from this fire. Yeah. So the set was actually very like it was very tight. They had about three inches of space like when they were turning around. If like if anything fucked up, the set is destroyed. Oh mm. shit. So it it was like a kind of a there were like a very tense moment of like this getting this thing getting to work. Yeah. But yeah, but the door opens. It could if they had they could have made it where it could have floated in the because uh, it comes out of the the water right they actually could have floated they yeah. they, they had made it that that sound it I like the way floated. it comes out yeah yeah I've awesome. heard that and I like the way that they uh I like when he drops her off and she like falls through yeah the roof like, lands like you know superhero I got some black to... widow vibes there with uh, yeah. Silk well this is before that though so well, I know that's Definitely, what I'm saying yeah, like yeah. this is I'm sure Marvel borrowed a bunch of shit from this oh yeah sure. I mean just a superhero inspired. pose in general has been done but yeah this film does it you know I, I it's one of those things I love to see you know I know it's tropey but it, like you gotta have it it's gonna yeah. happen yeah um yeah but I do love it in this film I, I, she, I like how she, she just looks she looks so good man she looks amazing in that latex there's that moment too where she comes down in costume. 
He's in night owl costume and he looks fucking awesome in front of he his does, yeah. I'm like, he does dude, look good, looks buff yeah, right now. He's looking dope. And then she comes down and you see him like get like Ooh, again because yeah, yeah. he looks at her in the stairs and she just looks so hot. And he's Ooh. like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. My dick's hard. Oh, God. But yeah, they go out and they save a bunch of people from the burning building. Yep. Uh, they even give him like fucking coffee or like hot cocoa or something. They drop him off and then he parks the thing in midair and they... They now they start the doing it. Off and the it's, a great, city, dude. it's a great love scene in my opinion i think it's pretty tasteful but also so, like erotic yeah here's the thing so i remember like uh i don't know if you guys ever watched the, you watched the eternals when that came out yeah with dog shit it's, yeah, it's they had a love scene in that, that but way. yeah but they're like oh I, oh man it's like the first great like love scene in a comic film i was like have you I seen think they said one? marvel film i think that's what the main thing was about. Oh, was that Marvel's what it was because yeah. i was like dude the Watchmen did it already. Yeah. Dude, yeah, it's a good scene. I like it. The fucking crescendo is the best part of the scene. Where she orgasms and hits the fu- the flame. Yeah, button. and the fucking, you just see the flame. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I just we're, love we're... the fire was the symbolism of that fucking. Mm-hmm. And those guys look up and shoot. you can. Because he hits the mist. Like, he sets the mood. He's like, yeah, baby. I bet yeah, there was yeah. some Barry White playing on in, in there. We yeah. just couldn't hear it. But uh, no, we got we got a film coming up uh, uh, in a uh, number of selections of mine where we're going to see a similar type of scene. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's we a know, really, Rob, you're a pervert. It's yeah. a, it's a fun scene. It's a <laughs> I don't it doesn't feel like extra tacked on. I get it like it's nudity, mm-hmm. but I think it's done tastefully. And I do think these two people in this film feel like there's a connection between them. They want each each other. Yeah. So it was yeah. important to the characters and the film. Yeah. Sure. It's like important this, this to his character a... as well as hers to like, yeah. she's moved away from John. Right. And then like, he's finally got his mojo he's, back. He's back he's now, something. baby. He's yeah, all he's the way fucking back. back. And he yeah. even says after this, like, Hey, we should really, we, I think we should go, uh, do something stupid and, and break out yep. Rorschach. Yep. Because I think, I think those words are ringing true to him, dude. You know, like it's a fraternity. It's like an attack on one is attack yeah. on all. Like uh-huh, they're, you're right. They're they're together. Mm-hmm. I think both of them woke up in this like at this time because yeah, both uh, their characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they because both of them like they missed the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so being able to kind of break out and help people and do the right thing. Even though it's against in costume too, like in in their costume, you know what I mean. That's part of the turn on too. Is like they did their thing. They took which is which is the Batman thing. It's like they're they are breaking. Which is the mask? They are taking on their real persona, which is Mm -hmm. a character. Silk Spectre is the real persona. You know, Night Owl is the real persona. An archaeologist. Yeah. 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 No, but yeah, they are. It's it's it's. I think that's why this comic books works really good. Like uh, comic books are some of the best. It's the best, one of the best mediums for storytelling. And yeah. you could, you, you tell the, all these weird stories. You can do these things like, Oh, what does a 1985 alternate version of reality yeah. look like where Nixon was president 16 times in a row or whatever, or even preacher yeah. Yeah. Like preachers. Another one that's yeah. like a good, like, yeah, and there's definitely do that in this medium shit. and you can, why the last man, like there's so much stories, good yeah. fucking good stories that just, yeah. And that's why we get some good movies coming out of these films. You know, people that are like, oh, these are interesting takes on storytelling. That, Dude, it's such a bummer when what you love is a flop. Like, I'm going to tell a story real quick. It'll be quick. Relax, Heidenberg. It'll be real quick. <laughs> uh, Berg, you know, a mutual friend of mine. Uh, Rob, you do as well. Uh, G-Baby. G-Funk mm. G-Baby. 
we work together. That's how we know each other. And I actually turned him on to why the last man, because I had read it and was like, dude, I had to share this with somebody. Like it was just critical that I share this story with somebody. And G baby was the only one who was like, I was like, I think he'll like this shit, dude. Give it to him. He reads it. And you know, it's really kind of a bonding point for us. Like he was like, I remember like coming to work and being like, Oh, dude, did you fucking? He'd be like, "Oh yeah, fucking bro." And the the reason I bring this up is because it's it can be such a disappointment when you when you love these stories or like you you know there's we're talking about these crazy tales and then they do try to make an adaptation from it and it just fucking flops. Flops. It's, it's the do. worst. It's the worst feeling. And why the last man was that for me and G baby? Because I remember talking to him about it. And I was like, I was really trying to buy in to to this to the show. Uh, I can't. I think it was a. I think it was on Hulu or FX or something. But it just it was on FX. FX. Okay. And I it started just, trying to read the book at that point. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's them. That's I them. Got volume one and two so far. I've read yep. one. I got to go back. I'm gonna start at one again. Dude, it is. It it is. It, it it's such a fucking perfect story, and. uh and yeah, unfortunately, I remember G Baby hitting him up about it, and he was just like, "It sucks, dude." And I was like, "Fuck, I think you're right," because I was I was trying to force it. Like, why is such a good? No, story? man, it, like they, they tried their best. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, <laughs> you know, like I really hung on to like certain pieces of it because the character that they cast for two fifty five is fucking perfect, and it just they did some weird things. It drifted it drifted away from the story a little bit. Um. But yeah, it, it unfortunately fought. But me and G Baby really became like the the two things I think that like really we were like, oh yeah, we're fucking friends. Was uh Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three. We played the shit out of that together. That's an awesome game. And uh and why the last man? That's actually that uh cheat codes. That's that story is from I was taking him why the last man, those graphic novels. And that was where that that fucking story spawned from was a, a coworker like, oh, what are those fucking cheat codes? And it's oh like, uh, no, dude, it's, it's comic books. That's stupid. Yeah. Not your story, just that that guy's. <laughs> yeah, response, it's, it's, so yeah, it's funny. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, dude, that just I just couldn't imagine like uh, like if you were a fan of the Watchmen, like long, like you read it when it was fucking live, you know. Like I'd be curious to know what those people's opinions of of it are because I, I feel mean, like this it was hit a hit. Its mark. Yeah, this, this this book was a hit. These books were a hit as soon as right. they kind of dropped because they were just so different than what was going on. And I wonder if those people that read it like watched this movie that came out all these years later, you know, like thirty years later, like. Did they feel that it lived up to what they read? You know what I mean? Because I, I can certainly feel that way with why, like why the last man versus the fucking series adaptation. Just it's not even, you know, it's not even close. I, well, I mean, obviously, like the uh, we'll get into this at the end. But yeah, the perception was split. And obviously that showed in the box office. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the, the film's length and pacing are also an issue for why it may not have um hit in the box office i think word of mouth might have got around like hey this is a really long movie and people are like oh i'm not gonna go like the instant of films over two hours there's some people that check right out they're done yeah which is funny i'm the opposite that normally when i hear a movie is like two and a half plus hours i'm like oh they got something to tell i'm in i'm in yeah Yeah. 
if I it's want, done right, then you're in for an epic most times right. or something really. I mean, I I, I I do watch long ass movies like uh, you right, know, some right. of my movies are Seven Samurai or um, you know like these great like uh, these great epics, and you know they're sometimes three or four hours long. And the, but back in the day, you would have an intermission. It was kind of like you. Yeah, you, they don't do that anymore. Going going to the theater was an experience. You know, you go in. It's like, hey, we're gonna go there. It's we're gonna make a night of it. You know, we're gonna have our intermission. We'll have our smoke break. We'll we'll be able to get like you know some extra concessions. Every and you kind of had this like great event, and that's yeah. what it used to be. And that that's what this is. It's an event. Yeah, and, it was great. But whatever the the attention the attention span of people of that time and even today is even worse. It's just no one can really like. Oh, it's three hours! Oh my god! Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean some of like the MCU stuff, like it got to the point where it was like three hours long, yeah. two and a half. Yeah, that that was a success. And to I'll be honest, I actually kind of like this over. Some of the MCU stuff that was that. About oh, one. dude, I like I this too. over most of the. I MCU. mean, I like the subject matter here and the theme. Um, this is this is better subject matter than let's, what was. Let's get into the film a little bit more because we have this is a very long film and we've been going on too many tangents to me. Yeah, where we're, are we at? Almost, I know you like. We I, broke Rorschach out. We broke Rorschach out of jail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, because yeah, he sees a therapist and we do get glimpses in that his uh, right. you know, his childhood. We see him beat up those bullies. Oh, yeah. Beats their ass. Fights that, that so one dude's the, face. Uh, the, the young Rorschach, that is Zack Snyder's son. Oh, that's oh, pretty no cool. Shit. Yeah, like, well, he's a pretty good actor. Um, yeah, and we get to see uh, Rorschach in prison. The prison goes nuts. It's, I think that's supposed to be Rikers Island. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's what I took it as. Because um, they do say it's New York. I also love. We kind of skipped over it real quick, but the scene of him like getting captured and the setup of it, like when he goes back to Malik's house and. Because he goes to the assassin's house. The, we also skipped over this. The assassin that tries to take out, um, what's his name? Uh, Adrian, right? And it's yeah. we don't know at the moment, but it's paid for by Adrian, the assassin. The whole thing is rigged by him. And uh, his assistant gets fucked up. Her leg gets blasted. Her fingers get blasted yeah. off. And then one of the, like his competitors gets killed, too. So I was like wondering yeah. if he did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. Double, you double know, bubble, then. Yeah, double bubble, yeah. exactly. So, uh... That happens, and then Rorschach gets set up. He goes back to Malik's house, and then we see the connection between there's a check at the assassin's house also from Pyramid, so that yeah. ties him in there too. Um, it's all set up. Back to Malik's, yeah, and Malik's dead, and it's a setup. And I like the, I like how Rorschach gets like real. He bugs out, like in his yeah. voice, his tone. He gets scared. He gets like feral, like an animal. Mm-hmm. And then he comes Whoa, together with this plan. Fuck this up. Yeah, he walked right into it. He's like upset with himself. Yeah, he's like, stupid, stupid, But stupid. then he finds some supplies, and he's like, scrapes something together. And this moment, I like this, because it reminds me of Marv's yeah. exit. Yeah, where the police are at the door, and they're like, police, open up, you know? Be right and out. To, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and he goes to, like, bash in the door, and then, you know, he opens the door instead, so the momentum, the guy just, like, flies into the floor almost. And then, yeah, Rorschach just comes flying out and just, like, torches them with some hairspray or whatever. Yeah. And just pretty badass how he just like kicks a lot of their asses until they take. Yeah, them. he gets all. Yeah. I mean, he gets out of the building into the front. You know he what does. I mean? It's not until he gets out, out amongst window. all of them where it's like he gets fucked up. Yeah, and then we see in prison he's got some beef with this like little guy and his henchman. Short round is it? What's his name? Like um, short. 
<laughs> yeah, we do get a we do get a glimpse too, and why and why he's so gruff and like, um, you know, like he won't cut anybody any slack. He kills every criminal and like all the criminals that like do fucked up shit. You and know, we get you know? his background, which is oh my god, yeah, it's with the so kid horrible. and why like he, yeah. how he misjudged one time and he was soft and a child got killed. Tough story, yeah, yeah. And when he walks in on all that like stuff, we we get to see why he's so hardened now. When the child was killed, he could have possibly prevented anything. So I like what he does to that child killer, too, when he walks in, man. That's just oh, some chunks out of his Bro. face. The silhouette yeah. of it. It's pretty cool. Dude, and then, like, the, the dog's, dogs, like, eating, like, the leg of that. <laughs> yeah. Girl. And then he's, like, points at the dogs. It's like, I got plenty of evidence. I just cut one of these fuckers open. Right. You know, that's where the killer knows he's fucked. But, yeah, I just thought that moment was pretty cool. It's a cool scene. And it just kind of sets up Rorschach even better about, like, all right, so at one point, he kind of was just young. He wasn't always... Because his background's kind of fucked. So you're like, oh, shit, his mother was a prostitute, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, Do you think he's... that, like... Because um, we're going to find out that uh, Osmandius is behind all this, obviously. Was he trying to do... Like, in his own fucked-up way, trying to have some sort of sympathy for him and make him look crazy like Mothman was? Uh, or because oh. the, the his I don't know if that was his lawyer or wh- the whatever, but it's like you know just you know the therapist, yeah, yeah his therapist or whatever is like yeah just you know just tell me everything and it's like yeah you know, that was just a therapist yeah it's like but they were trying to like put him in an in uh, an institution right so it seemed like that it was trying to have some sort of like mercy on him. Instead of throwing him in the prison population, that 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 character Rob people. actually has a oh, so much more story in the book. Um, yeah, the therapist in the book you go through, it's like it, it follows his life like uh, a a pretty good chunk of it, where he's like depressed, you know, his wife, and he's like he feels like a failure to his wife, and he's like <laughs> he's trying to uh, he's trying to make a name for himself as this therapist and ev- everything he keeps doing. He just, it, he keeps kind of shit in the bed with it. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, this Rorschach is kind of like this jump off point for him where he's like, this, this, this can be my ticket to, uh, to make a name for myself and to, you know, to feel, uh, really? Satisfied. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. You should definitely read it. Cause it, but I, I, I'm, I, I the same thing I, with like the, the comic book like, kid and the, uh, newspaper guy. Yeah, exactly. With the black freighter, right. Yeah. The, yeah. Cause the comic book kid is reading the, the black freighter, which coincides with, uh, I think a lot of the story, like, I know, I, I don't know if we were already talking uh, yet or not, but Rob, you had made a comment about like, it was weird. The black freighter, you didn't really understand it. And I think it's it's there's like some supposed- correlation between that story and the story and yeah, I think it's supposed to be symbolic for the clock, like the clock that's like marching to, de- mm-hmm. to nuclear devastation, right? Well, it's like every time that kid that's reading the comic book, it's every time at the newsstand where the new um, uh, newspaper is being dropped off, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you see yeah. him reading it, and the story is like the black freighter getting closer to. Uh, it's like supposed to fight this other ship. And it's like moving along, right? And so I think it's supposed to coincide with that. Oh, is that what? Okay, so the movie, because uh, I watched the director's cut and the ultimate cut. The yeah. ultimate cut is like four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is so weird. I yeah. did, It didn't make sense. Yeah. And it, like I said, maybe it, it needed to be four and a half hours just to like kind of flesh it out even more. Well, the ultimate cut cuts in the 
So they made an animated version of the pirate thing, and then they sold that separately on like Blu-ray or DVD or something like that, I think. And then there's a copy where they eventually put it back into the they put it into the film. I don't That's know. The I, ultimate cut. The ultimate yeah. cut has that. I don't know if he originally made the thing with the animated as well, like made all of it together, or did he make the animated separately and then decided like, wouldn't it be cool if I could put this back into the film? Like, I don't know. Fuck no. Like, just put it in the film. Period. Like, I don't know if it was always there. Yeah, or... yeah that's interesting. But uh, anyway, but uh, it's um, yeah. So we obviously we have the 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 therapist. He's trying to you know put Rorschach in an institution. Rorschach is like, fuck you, man. And yeah. we get his backstory, and then we get like the the prison fight, like where um, you know you get the people that are trying to break into Rorschach's cell because he's I like on, what he uh, does to them, dude. He, he takes out the thugs and shit. That is bad ass. He takes that one dude's arms and like ties him up, and now he's in the okay. way, so they have to cut his arms off. Yeah, and, and he makes all the work. jokes. The tall, mm-hmm. tall order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fat chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, and they uh, basically tell him like, "Oh, that guy," because we see that scene where he asserts himself in the prison because he hears the guys like whispering and yeah, he burns like, oh, that you're one. Pretty guy. famous, aren't you? Well, I'm yeah. pretty famous around here too. And it's basically like, well, once that guy dies, that throws off the prison. There's like riots, I guess, because he was going to be put in general. Jim Pop, yeah. At that point. But why not wait for him to get there then? They just started like rioting, period. I don't know. It was to create a lot of chaos so that they could get to Rorschach. Yeah, the um, little guy. Yeah, because that guy wanted a piece of Rorschach. Yeah. He didn't want anyone else to get at him. So that's what he cri- created the the whole. Yeah, because he's he's connected. Even he he's been there for fifteen years. Yeah, yeah because of Rorschach. Mm-hmm. Oh, when the night owl. Some of my favorite, one of my favorite lines is like you're talking about that guy that's coming on him, you know, and he, you know, he tells him that, and then we're going down that food line, and that guy tries to fucking cut him, and he fucking throws the oil on his face, and he gives the uh, you're not in here with me, I'm locked in here with you. Oh. That shit is so sick, dude. No, no, the other way. No, it's the other way around. It's like, like, you're not locked. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Yeah. Oh, dude, so good. And you just, the look on his face and like, he's just, it's like three people are trying to restrain him. He's still talking while he's getting like hit. Dude, he's just like, he just is just this insane. Mm -hmm. And he's a little dude too, right? So he's like, yeah. You yeah. know that people are gonna try him, but he's like fucking try me, like he because he hit that dude in the in the throat with the with the uh, tray. Yeah, before he grabs the oil. <laughs> and I like how he see how he's like he's like assessing the situation as it's like unfolding. Yeah, yeah. And when he's seeing his threat pull up to him, and then he's looking around, he sees the little pan of like the fryer oil. Like, yep. I want you'd have to pull that thing up really fast though for the French fries to still have like enough oil to spill on somebody. Yeah, Yeah. when that dude dies, that's what that's what's the start of the riot is when that dude dies. Off that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre after their uh, love scene and like rescuing people, it's like we gotta break out Rorschach. That's crazy. We're gonna do it, and they. And then we get this fucking great scene of them just breaking into the prison, beating the shit out of these prisoners. This hallway scene. Yeah. And so that that was all a set. I love that a they good built. hallway scene. Yeah, that was a that was all a set that they built to create this scene. It was all it, like awesome. said, it, this is not some like CGI prison. They 
built this thing. It's a it cool was- moment, though. They both kick ass and differently, but they work well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Down it's like hallway. it's a new t- it's a new team member. Well, and you know, especially after you know having you know uh, you know sex together, you know, like, they're, they're, they're like yeah, a, you know, they're like a hand. <laughs> in I'm a gentleman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I like it because there's like moments where like he kicks like two dudes asses, but there's like one or two that get behind him. And then like she fucking comes up and she's like, oh, Ryan House is yeah, I got his back. Yeah. Yeah. Someone so, does balls with their heels. And, they're yeah. putting the gay back yeah. in Marvin Gaye with their yeah. with the fight scene. That's right. It's pretty cool. I like it. There's <laughs> moments like where he does like I like he does like that clothesline move. Mm-hmm. The dudes are kind of like pulls them in. Well, and then I, I, like, think... I like the unique fight styles that they have, too. It's it's yeah. kind of it's, it's cool. Yeah, they're different. Yeah. She's more acrobatic, where he's more of like you know, kind of brutish kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rorschach is just all all sorts. He's of a different. brute, like he yeah. Just, Rorschach's thug nasty, dude. He's woo. He's whatever. He'll just He'll grab rip out like, like in a uh, roadhouse. Roadhouse. But yeah, we see that moment where uh, they get they break in, they get in there, and they're like, "We're here to get you." And like he's like, "I'm already gotten out," right? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, "Hold on, I just gotta use the bathroom real quick." Yeah, he's all suited up already, right? Yeah. But he goes into the bathroom to fuck up the little dude. Yeah, we see the little dude in there. And so you hear the toilet flush, and then you just see a bunch of blood. We don't know what happened to the dude, but we just see dude, all the blood. he ripped that water. guy's throat out and, like, dumped stuffed it, And then dunked him in the toilet, yeah. Which is funny, because it's kind of like a callback to the line earlier. When he when he smashes that one guy's head in the toilet, he's like, oh, never thought of using a toilet to dispose of waste. Yeah. Obvious, really. Yeah. 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 He and then later, he yeah. his head. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It's a callback to that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this is like where we um uh we kind of like start to break open the real story. Uh because this is where uh was it uh Lori goes to um uh, well, John takes Lori mm-hmm. and shows her like what's going on, like uh, what he's seeing. Mason calls Sally and they get a little reminiscent over the phone. Uh like that. Yeah, the top knots fuck up. But it's interrupted, yeah, by the top knots because they think they're going to the night owl's house that kicked ass the young night owl, in the, in right? The, which yeah. is yeah, that's what made me a... think. Like, does the world think it's the same owl? Like, well, be, yeah, it, they it, just it, know it, that he was the night owl, and this dude did come out and say that he's the night owl. You know, like his his identity is out. Dan's isn't. Right, right, right. I don't think so. No, no, I, I don't think so. Mason wrote a book, right, under the hood. Yeah. So, like, they know that he was Night Owl. So, I don't know what they... I guess people just assume, like, nobody knows who the new Night Owl is, so... Oh, word, word. That makes... Yeah, it's crazy. But so these dudes have... also, they're dumb. So, they're like, oh, I know where he is. He's over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. over here by the garage. Like, it's not even the same fucking dude. And if they right. probably had, hadn't had just smoked PCP, they'd know that. Good old PCP. Or whatever future drug they're doing. Or, you know, alternative... Nostalgia. PCP. Yeah. Yeah. I do like this um, scene, though. When he fights them, because he puts up a fight, man. And I like these moments where he's seeing uh, his like nemesis, the nemesis or nemesis that he's um, gone up against his arch rivals, you know? Yeah. As he's fighting the the punk, you can tell he still packs a punch, man. Don't yeah, ever does, underestimate man. that old man strength, bro. Wow, bro. He knows how to fight. It, this goes back to like what I was talking about, like where the, there's the, the light flashes, because there's times like where like yeah. when he's getting hit. He's having flashback flashbacks to his former like you know life as well, and he's seeing like you know like when he's been like fighting old uh old foes, 
and we get like the flashbacks of like the old night owl taking care of business. Well, every time he hits one of these dudes, he sees one of the, like his different guy, guys yeah. that he's taken out throughout his yeah. It's it, so yeah. It, he knows he's. It's really he, cool. It's a cool aesthetic for the fight. Yeah. The way to frame the fight and show it in real life, and then show like his his moments of like his delusions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is actually still hitting dudes. You know what I mean? He's trying. He is oh, fighting. Oh, he's them. fucking them up. But he's he's but for an old man, he's still strong. Yeah, but it's like a callback to him when he was fighting. He just it brings him back to the moment of like I remember when I fucking blasted this dude. Like you said, yeah, John, right. early when he's like, "Hey, watch it, man. This is you know this is the right yeah. hook that fucking took out Lord Captain, Captain Axis. Yeah. yeah, this is the elevator that killed Captain Carnage. You know, yeah." yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I do like this scene, but unfortunately, they beat him to death with his fucking statue. Yeah, it's tough, and yeah, that's like tough. where night night out, and because now they're they're starting to uh, close in on the like what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Rorschach and Night Owl are back together. They're getting information, but then the what it's revealed that Hollis Mason has passed away. He's been beaten to death, and Daniel loses it. Yeah, this is where they like, say he just goes. He off. levels that one top knot at the bar. Even like top. more, like Rorschach's even like, dude, yeah, he has to stop. Go. Yeah, Rorschach's like, chill. Hey, go, Dan, not in front of the civvies, dude. The dude is like <laughs> spitting teeth out. Yeah, not in front of the civvies. Yeah, dude, he just goes all out because that was like his father. Fit. Like that was his idol. Like he was and. Yeah, he's like his hero, and he also got to become his friend. It's like one of those moments where they say, "Like, don't meet your heroes." Well, that moment, like his hero, ended up being that good dude. Right? That you envision yeah. him being like he was that guy. So they had like they him. they had beers like once a week. Yeah, least. they had a, a friendship. Yeah. It was like awesome. Uh, and then that just kind of like just throws Daniel over even further yeah. into is that doing um, the night on the thing? Is that before or after they break into the office? They break into the office. This is this. before. Okay. Okay. Yeah. At this moment, like that's where all the chess pieces like starting to line up is right. Because they yeah. talk this... to the pyramid guy there, right? Yeah. 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 This right. is the climax of the film because now we're starting to get like the real information of like who's behind what. We find who... out all the people that with cancer worked for pyramid. That's the main yep. thing that drives us. And then, and then we wonder, well, who owns pyramid? So night owl gets into Ozymandias' computer because he's missing. He hasn't they haven't spoken to him. They haven't he hasn't been seen anywhere. So then they start wondering, well maybe he got taken out by the killer, right? Who's trying to kill everybody? Cuz they still don't suspect him. They're at his yeah. place looking for clues of his his like whereabouts more than thinking that he's involved. And then they happen to when they get into his computer find right. the fact that he actually is involved. That's when Night That's Owl when puts it together. Right. It's um, like oh. It should make sense though because Warshak talks about like the Egyptian stuff and like the the ideology of the Egyptians and it uh-huh. lines up a lot with the way of uh, Ozymandias is thinking of his plan. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um yeah. But I do like that moment where he like guesses the he guesses the fucking what's called the password and he finds like the files about Karnak, I guess, and its location, the Arctic yep. base or whatever. And then he also finds I think files on the um on the other thing, the plan or whatever. Pyram- oh, I, I know for sure he figures pod. out that Pyramid oh, that pyramid's is owned, owned yeah. by Vite. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that's it. And then just because he starts seeing Karnak. the numbers and then he and then, yeah, and then it's like uh, a subsidiary of Vite or something. It's, it's, yeah, somehow it connects. Yeah. A uh, parent company. Of yeah. Vite. The parent company is Vite. Yeah. 
So now we know that Adrian is somehow involved. Um, the book tells you a lot more about what Adrian's up to um, and creating. There's like excerpts of his creating process yeah. uh, throughout the book. And uh, this is where it differs from the movie, too, because we get to see what he's up to and what he's creating, sort of. And it's like an interdimensional portal thing. Yep. A technology. Right. And then like he's going to bring something through it uh, like a force. Yeah. And so like this whole using um, Manhattan's powers to create bombs. That's not a thing. That's not a thing in the book at all. Right. Right. I think he might use Manhattan's powers to help his research or whatever like yeah yeah or something like that but yeah so so like what we get is the actual like kind of conclusion to like what osmandius is doing in the movie is not what's in the novel the graphic novel no uh and that that's that is something that i think some people had a gripe with i have a little gripe with it but it's not huge Mm -hmm. i also understand why they change it so um yeah I guess purists were like upset that like well we want because it's like a fucking he summons like a kaiju, uh, yeah, like octopus monster from like another a squid dimension. thing, yeah, yeah, and it just like he summons it right into the middle of like um New York City, yep, really, yeah, that's way different than what we get, yeah, yeah, Jesus. And it's just like a huge natural disaster that like people can rally around, which felt weird because everything up to that point was so fucking right on par with the book. with the book, yeah. And then, and they, then it well, was just honest, like, like, what the, the f- what? To be honest, I kind of like how not not knowing what the conclusion of the, the graphic novel is. Mm-hmm. I kind of like what they did. Yeah, yeah I get it. they turned Manhattan into a villain. Like, and it wasn't like that they used what uh, Osmandius didn't use, like essentially like John, you know, what looked like John's doing dr manhattan's doing in like a russian city they use it in new york city or like yeah uh, which is well he used it everywhere like yeah it went off a couple of places right it went off in a lot of places yeah and attack was throughout the whole world so that way everybody could rally behind it and to to be honest i thought it was kind of cool yeah i get it no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't dis. It's not a horrible plan or anything. I get it. Like, and it turns Manhattan sort of into a villain in everybody's eyes, except for the people that know what really happened. And it turns them sort of into a martyr in there. Which is like where Rorschach's like, we need to tell the truth. Yeah. yeah. And the truth, for all we know, does get out there because the journal right. gets found. Yep. This feels a little bit like with um, the Dark Knight, right? Where we know that Batman didn't didn't kill harvey dent yeah but, like, it's a lot like it. that but oh, yeah. he, he he realized like i had you know it's like I, I gotta be the scapegoat you think that's why they took this mo- this ending sort of yeah. because dark knight did come out before this yeah yes. in 2008 yeah, I, I, I think this is why they did that i don't know um yeah but that but, uh, well be clear though i because think focus the- groups didn't like the the ending yeah. that might have been I don't. Did he actually film an ending with the octopus? Uh, I have no. Yeah. Not that I. I don't think so. All right. So I don't even know if there's something to focus group, but I think it just wasn't playing well with like the studio or whatever. I think it was too risky for them or something, or it could have yeah. been a budgetary thing, and they were just like, "Look, we got the movie to look amazing, but we can't. Like, it's gonna take a lot more to get this fucking squid monster thing to look right." Oh, sure, 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 sure. And they're like, "Well, what this is, we do? We just do bombs that go off." Million dollar film. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, it's a hundred and forty-four million dollar film. You said. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a big, big budget film. And he was already going over budget, I bet. So 
I could understand. But yeah, in the film, it's different. I do like this moment, though. We still get this cool moment of them going. Well, we get Lori on Mars again. Um, right. And she finds out that the comedian's her dad through her telekinesis thing, or whatever, the tele- uh, telepathy thing with her link with John that he yeah. does. Um, and her, like, it makes, uh, John makes, like, this grand gesture because of this, too, um, to, to like, make her feel better. But her coming from, like, chaos to be such a wonderful thing is it is all like so random that it kind of proves to him that like life is worth saving because the fact that like uh, Edward Blake tried to rape her mom, her mom should hate Edward Blake, but in a moment of uh, weakness, I guess at one point she had, they hooked up and they had a child together because of it. And because of that child, like she says later on, I could not, I can't entirely hate this man. Right. All the way because he gave me you, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when we get that, moment where she realizes this and then i think dr manhattan thinks well because of that chaos and that drama like you came out of that and you're awesome and like i'm in love with you like you're my one thing that ties me to humanity so i think he realizes that you know what maybe i can do something that's why he comes back to earth i think at that moment it's like yeah yeah and i think that's like why he also realized but that's why he i think he also gives into osmandius's plan well he's it's a logical plan. He gets it. Right. Well, like you said, he, 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 he already doesn't want to be attached to humanity. So he, he's willing to take on that mantle without of, condoning. He says, I, I agree. Or condemning. Like, I understand. And yeah. He, without and condemning. Or condemning. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And that's why he kills Rorschach, who is like, we need to tell the truth. Like, this mm-hmm. is the, guy. Then the whole thing falls apart. Right. Yeah. And, and then Ozymandias is, is the villain. Dude, how fucking badass is that cat, though, dude? Bubastis? Bubastis is so fucking sick, dude. Yeah. I the love cat's that. pretty cool. It's like he created it. It felt like it it's too. something out of, like, He-Man or some shit. He created yeah. it with, like, uh, genetics, right? Yeah. Something yep. like that, yeah. Um, I do love the Jimi Hendrix kicking in along along the Watchtower as they're coming up to his base. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I like that when they, uh, the night I was, like, flying all low and shit. And they get there, and the shot, it's shot super beautifully, like... Like I said, like Schneider can just shoot this mu- This whole movie is shot and edited really well to me. I think it's the music drops really in key scenes. I think it all plays really well and it's all shot like super beautifully. Yeah, they did really well with like uh, uh, a mixture of miniatures as well as like life scale uh-huh. sets. And with CGI, with the green screens. Yeah, they I've seen. Really I could tell some miniature stuff in one of the shots later on. I I noticed, uh, but it still looks good and it transitions to real life stuff. Like a set. they did a great job. Really well. But yeah, I do really like the way these two are going in. I I kind of wish we got more of like Rorschach and Night Owl teamed up, like we got with Spectre too. Yeah, I don't know. I just like dig these guys doing their thing, and I like that Night Owl's got like. He's got the snowsuit a la Batman. It reminded me of like the yep. action figures of that time. Yeah. Of Batman. Where, like Batman had a suit for every occasion. It's like, it's the scuba suit, Batman. Right, it's, right, right. Know, it's 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 a fucking whatever Batman. It's volcano uh, diving Batman. Like Here's my shark whatever. spray. It's yeah, it's got shark shark Batman. Yeah. Skydive Batman. It's like whatever you wanted to have Batman do, he had a suit for it in an occasion. Yeah. But yeah, we see Ozzy Mandis watching like all these different screens, and he as he sees Walter and Dan uh, walking up on the camera, and he's seeing like all these different TV shows. We see uh, I see Mad Max, um, and Mad Max, yep. Uh, it looked like the second one, 
Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. Fury, yeah. Uh, Fury Road. Yeah, no, no, not Fury Road. Um, what's it called? Not, not Fury. Road. I'm sorry, Mad Max: uh, The Road Warrior. Road Warrior. Yeah, and and he's watching something else too that uh, kind of jumped out at me. Yeah, it's the one that's right on the other side of it. it has all the like bald kids looking like monks sitting down. I yeah, felt like I had got... seen it, but I couldn't place it. I was like, mm. yeah. And then he's got the news reports on and everything, plus security yeah. cameras. Yeah, and it was just we just see that he knows they're coming, so he's ready for them. They try to sneak attack on him, and he just oh, kicks their ass God. like single handedly, bro. He's just like he is the most athletic, like astute, uh, smart, intelligent. Like he can strategize yeah. faster than any man. He can do everything faster than any man. Yeah. Yeah. And we find out that he was the one that killed co- the comedian, and um, because the comedian was thinking about talking about. Plan. He found out about his plan. Yeah. Yep. He found out about it. He stumbled upon it and found out about it. And he was so distraught by it. Like he couldn't before even telling his higher ups about it. He like went to Malik. Right. And like babbled to Malik drunkenly, like enough that Malik didn't even know what the fuck he was talking about. Really? Yeah. It wasn't even, it wasn't even really a threat because, you know, but the comedian eventually, I guess, was going to go to somebody higher. I don't know because he was still sitting in his apartment. Drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't, he didn't seem like he had at that moment, but uh, Ozymandias had to take him out. I remember it too, because in the book too, like he's compared to more like as a Greek god. Mm-hmm. You know, he's almost like the equivalent of what a Greek god would be like if he, you know, took the form of a human. Definitely. And and that's how he's kind of described. He's on the the verge of, he's almost like a superhero without saying he's a superhero. Because like you said before, like some of them have super strength. Yeah, yeah. He's so fast. He's so attuned with his body, as it's supposed right. to say. Like this is the pinnacle of what being a human being could be. If, but not everybody can do this. So I don't know, and I don't know what explains the comedian's strength and stuff like that. He's sort of like the Punisher and Captain yeah. America. Yeah, that's together. exactly what. That's exactly Captain what America. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you got a little Judge Dredd in there. It feels like, or yeah. I mean, I, this is probably before Judge Dredd, but who knows. We need to. We should probably add that to the list because I have not seen the the new Judge Dread. Oh, Dread! You've never seen Dread? Oh, we can cover. Dredd. John, have you seen Dread? Yeah. Oh, you can make that one one of your picks if you want. Oh, I'll take Dredd. it. Yeah, because I've seen it, but I have, I've seen a lot more though. So, uh, yeah. So he explains his plan, which we get. You know, you know, a lot of villains do that, right? And I kind of, right. like, I love this scene. Uh, and imagine, you know, this movie takes place in 2009, but the dialogue is taking place in the 80s when this was written. So it's right. actually a lot ahead, ahead of a lot of shit. Um, and he explains his plan to kill millions with John's power so to that save he can billions. save billions in the long run. Right. Um, and it, the way he, the way he, like, tells his plan and just lays it out there, it's kind of makes sense. Like, you kind of understand it. It's not like just like, haha, I'm going to kill just because I want to kill. It's, it's very Thanos in a sense, where like, you get it, like, all right, yeah. we just get rid of half so that the other half can thrive. Right. Okay. Uh, so but he wants to do is basically create like a, a front so that his accident is going to create something so that everybody can rally behind that instead of fight each other and be on the brink of New the War all the time. Um, and uh, what was it? Rorschach mentions that they can't let him do it. And then I love this moment. He says a line from the books that actually this line is like pretty legendary. It's in a lot of lists. Uh, so from like the moment it was published, um, he says, do that, Rorschach. I'm not a comic book villain. Yeah. Do you seriously think I would explain my master stroke to you if there were even the slightest possibility you could affect the outcome? I triggered it 35 minutes ago. 
Yeah. And then as a reader, when you're reading that at the time, it's like, oh, my God, are you fucking kidding me? Like, right, right. They can't do anything to stop this guy. And he is a comic book villain in a sense, but he's not like the maniacal Bond type villain. That's he's right. not a, like a, he's not a mustache, yeah. mustache twirling villain. He is right. just more, he is more of a um, practical mm-hmm. villain. Yeah, like he's, he's doing like, and he's a pragmatic like villain. He's doing this. Yeah, he's a pragmatic villain. Where it's like I, you know, it's like I'm doing what I need to do for the the greater good, mm-hmm. or in his mind, what the greater good is. Yeah. And I mean, he's sort of right when you see how it's playing. It doesn't make what he does right. But you see, like, what he wants to do is effective. It's working. That's what even convinces Dr. Manhattan. He's like, in this world, there's no good decisions to be had. I Mm. think that's why the Night Night Owl and Silk Spectre go into like, well, fuck it. Like, the world could end tomorrow. Why don't we, like, at least do some good in the time that we have left and become the be the people that we are supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they recreate a little life for it's, themselves. It's a it's a fucked yeah. up world that the, that this world is that we're in. I yeah. do like too when Rorschach does get killed. Uh, that moment of him taking his mask off and kind of just standing there mm-hmm. and being like, "Do it, do I it." Guess. And then like, I like that. Eight, um, not Adrian. Uh, Dan was sort of watching. Yeah, yeah, he he really can't do anything. Yeah, against Doctor like, Man. Yeah. He watches and like, I just like how like he looks devastated. Oh, died. dude, it was a great he the actor did a fantastic job. Yeah. You really feel the like even the way he like drops to his knees and he's uh-huh. like, no, nah! like it just it was a one of the more realistic feelings from it for sure. Yeah. Like I just felt like they did have this friendship that he was really yeah. Yeah. mourning at that one moment when he drops. Because I know the drop to your knees and no thing is like, you know, it's done in a lot of movies, but yeah, it's done in comics, too. Um, oh, lot, for sure. Yeah, but I thought it, it works really well for this scene. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I love when Dr. Manhattan and Lori first show up, too. And it's like Adrian takes off running and like Dr. Manhattan's just blue dong out walking. And he's like, oh, (laughs) killed fight, killed comedian, killed millions. And and the way Dr. Manhattan, he's just like, I know. And he's just like, yeah, I'm going to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sick. He's just walking past both of them like, I know. And he walks into that trap, bites trap to like, yeah. I don't know what fights just thinks he's going to like slow him down, I guess, with that, maybe. Yeah, that's the only I, I, I that's the only, I wasn't sure. Like, did he think he killed him? I mean, yeah. he had to know he didn't. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because he's like, then he's just back to normal after that. Like, all right, right. I care of that. Yeah. And he sacrifices his uh, what's the cat's name? Boombastus. Boombastus. Yeah. They call me Mr. Boombastus. Yeah. But yeah. And this guy just kind of leaves us deflated at this point because we're like, what? You triggered your thing 35 minutes ago. We see on the screens all the bombs went off already. Yep. Except for New York, which we get to see actually take place. Yeah. You get the kid who's reading the Black Freighter and the newsstand guy together. Yeah, they hug each other. It's so weird, too, because you see like this energy spark and it's like this energy goes throughout the the city and everybody's just sort of like, oh, cool. What the fuck? Yeah. And that was it. Like, right. But then the explosion when that takes place, the way that pushes at first, I was like, oh, shit, this is just going to kill everybody and keep the um, the buildings intact. But no, it just levels everything. Yeah. But yeah, it's like pretty devastating, too, because this is post 9-11. And the, you do see the you do see uh, the, the, the World Trade Center yeah. like in the background, a bunch of sh- in a bunch of shots, which is cool, you know, because yeah. it's 85. But there's, you know, it's taking place in New York City. So it's definitely reminiscent of terrorist attacks, obviously. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we see all the bombs went off in the world, but it, that it's worked. That everybody on the news is once. So I like this moment where Dr. Manhattan's like, 
gonna take out Adrian, and he's like, "Oh, what do you got? One last thing? You're, you're, yeah, another you're ultimate weapon, weapon of destruction." And he's like, "Sort of," and he turns on all the TVs with the remote, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's like that's where, yeah, when when John sees that, and he's just like, you know, his humanity is. There's enough of him there, I think, that he knows that, like, you know what, this guy's right, and he's smart enough to know that, like, uh, he's calculated, like. Basically, like Vite, Vite's so smart that yeah, he's calculated everything. John got, John got outsmarted here. Yeah. yeah, or equally smarted at at this moment, you know. Um, I think, and he's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'll be the blame for this. Yeah, because that your plan. If I don't, then your plan goes to shit, and then it was who knows what happens? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he was like, because even though John's disconnected from humanity, he is fearful of uh like our destruction in a sense like yeah. he he thinks it's evident like it's gonna happen um no matter what probably but i don't know at this moment he can do something about it yeah and he did swear to what's her name uh that he would try like right Lori. yep but yeah that's basically like uh the movie the movie uh what is it um we get to see a little glimpse at uh Lori and Oh, Lori and Manhattan, they share a kiss, right? And then yeah. <laughs> we do get to see Daniel unload on Adrian's face, which I did like. Where he's yeah. flying in, screaming, you know, yeah. his towel off and because of Rorschach's death. And also, I don't know, maybe seeing his girl still kissing her ex. I don't know. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> he just goes to town. You're on great. Face. But then they leave. I like the way she's like wearing his like his uh, snow owl suit. Yeah. Yep. I like you that. Uh, I thought that was like his... Uh, it's like the fur coat or whatever. She yeah. looks badass in it because she's Foxy Dame. Yes, she is. And then we see her like speak to her mother. Right. About Eddie Go Blake ahead. and they about being her father and they kind of reconcile. So it's kind of a nice little scene. And that's where she says, yeah, you asked me why I wasn't mad at him because he gave me you. And we see Daniel and uh, Lori. They're starting a life together. So I'm taking it. Is that supposed to be Daniel's house or is this a new place where he's mm-hmm. installing a downstairs? No, I think he's going. I I thought it was Is this they the went mom's to, house. Yes, that's what I. They thought. went to mom's house and he's they're starting a new layer. Right, right, right. downstairs. Okay, no, I think it's like a new. Then they show Manhattan and they show like part of Manhattan still there. So I'm like, oh well, maybe. Yeah, because they cut back to the still there. the the movie ends with the newspaper place. Yeah, and yeah. it's like the people that were you know writing the the it was the um the newspaper that Rorschach was always waiting for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And yeah. so as, as he's waiting there, it's Walter Kovacs. And then it, it drops off his journal and you see the big old fat guy wearing the, the, the button shirt. Right. And yeah, he's like, there's no good stories now that there's, yeah. Right. He's like, that world, the world's everyone's singing Kumbaya and holding hands together. And then he's like, well, we could check the crank file. Like, yeah. whatever. I guess it's a box where people just put in their own written stuff and yeah, just drop shit off. What does he do? He walks up and we see on, on the top of it, we Rorschach see Rorschach's journal. journal. We hear Rorschach's journal. Yeah. 1985. Yeah. What is it? Uh, what's Dog's it? carcass on stomach. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, uh, it's 1985. Tonight a comedian died in New York. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Ends with that. Yeah. Also, both this film and last week's film, uh, The Road, uh, were released in the same year, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a cool ending. I like that it ends on Rorschach again. And there's even a joke, a Ronald Reagan joke in there. Like, what should yeah. we talk about? Yeah, he's going to run a Reagan like... thing. He's going to run uh, for president, the actor. He's like, oh, we're not going to cover. We don't cover nonsense. Yeah, we're not yeah. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, this movie is fucking awesome. It's uh, It's fun. Well, 
John. This was my flick. Why don't I go ahead and get into, uh, I'll give you guys my review and then I'll throw yeah. it to you. Well, let's, mm-hmm. let's explain our rating system for people who are coming to the first time. Man, fuck them. If they don't know, dude, get out of here. <laughs> uh, so we have a uh, high score being instant classic. Uh, buy it. Uh, rent the uh, rent the movie. Rent that sucker. Rent it up. Uh, just watch the trailer and don't ever, ever, ever watch this shit. Um, for me, this was my pick. So I don't think it's going to come to a, a, a surprise to anybody when I say I love this movie. Um, it it it's, it's was really the, the big kickoff into taking me down, you know, the comic book route and w- wanting to read these other stories and um, and also film in general. Just the, the way that movie looked is just it was so fucking beautiful. It just was so good. Um, we've talked for a long time already about. You know, that I, I felt the performances were all really strong. There's really nothing that I can look to and be like, I didn't like this or like I like that. There's it's not a whole lot of negative I can I can really say. Uh I I really feel that everybody stood there, stood their ground, hit their mark, and and we walked away with a, a fucking amazing movie. Um I get that it's long for but I, again, me, I, I like I like that shit. Like if it's a if it's a long movie, I'm I'm usually locked into that. Uh, I'm I'm ready to to go on that adventure because that that that's what they are to me. Anytime I watch a movie, it's like I, I feel like I'm you know leaving life to fucking you know escape my worries and yeah and escapism. Go. Yeah, exactly. We do it with video games and uh, yeah. reading and books and stuff. Music. So for me, uh, I would I would give this film an instant classic for me. Yeah. Uh, because for everything that I just said, it just, it holds, it holds a very, very important place in, in my lexicon of, of what I like and, and shaping me into becoming, you know, the, the type of, of, uh, person that I am, not necessarily person, but just what, as far as what my Cinephile, hobbies are. Cinephile. Yeah. Like yeah. You got into films. You started, or you started looking into further things like, uh, yeah, Zach Schneider, did you, did you like check out his other works after this or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, see, yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. it kind of driven you towards that down that road of like, well, I want to see what else he's done or totally or how they achieved this. And I'm going to exactly check out like wanting stuff. to know what yeah. shots looked like. Okay. Like, exactly. Exactly. So you went and read the book too. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yeah. And like you said, it made you into more of a comic book guy. So totally. So yeah, that that, that is an instant classic for me. Nice. I get that that may be, you know, personal, but uh No, I mean it but I mean that's what movies do. They're personal experiences. So yeah. I don't begrudge you for making it an instant class. I'm a little surprised, but I don't begrudge begrudge you. I'm yeah. not like, no, that's whack. Yeah, sure, sure. Big Berg, what's your takeaway, buddy? Oh, my takeaway. Okay. My takeaway is this film is trash. No, I'm just kidding. Uh man, great soundtrack. Really good soundtrack. I know that's not necessarily your thing, John, but man, I do like soundtracks, and I think there's some really good needle drops <clears throat> during this film because it's like a time period film, and I think it hits a lot of those good songs from those time periods. Uh, the story in the comic is one of the best stories ever told in the medium, and I think this film did an admirable job adapting that to the big screen. I think the idea of turning the superhero trope on its head into a realistic alternative 80s timeline is just such a genius idea by Alan Moore and uh, Dave Gibbons. Uh, but I think Schneider did a fantastic job directing this one. 
I think he brought the comic book to life in a way that not many directors can or could could have. I think he gets shit, like I said, but Schneider, Zack Schneider, in my opinion, he's not a slouch on the camera, man. He knows the shots he wants and he knows how to achieve them. The effects still look great in this almost like 15 year old film. <clears throat> uh, the aesthetics, the set design and the costume design are impeccable. I think they look amazing. They definitely that's where a lot of the money went into stuff like that. And I think it works. I like that this film kind of went the old Hollywood route. And I think that resonates with the film, too, because the film has a, like an old Hollywood sheen to it as well as like the glory days of being a superhero, like uh, the historic nature of it. It's reminiscent of old Hollywood, the way this story is told. So I think that that works well for the film. Um, I don't know. I think like Schneider just like he knows comic book stuff really well. He's a fan of it, too. And so like he just loves to work with it. And I think it. I think that's where he does some of his best work, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, the characters, they're all realized really well in this. There's a, there's a good amount of them in the book. And I think there's a good amount that they do in the movie where they can focus on the ones that really matter. Uh, we don't have to go into the past as much in this movie that we do in the book. But it's nice that in the book you do a little bit more, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the characters in this, they're just so realized. Everyone gets a chance to shine. Because of the film's runtime, the story does have time to breathe. And so that, it, you know, this is like a packed one. That everybody has their moments in this. Uh, visually stunning. Uh, shot beautifully. Captured beautifully. The comics energy captures it, I think, really well. Like you said, pause the screen. Boom. You got a moment from the book, possibly. Uh, and I just, I love the score, like I said. Um, not just the soundtrack, but just like the sound design and all of it it's it's like i was in the moment when i'm watching this movie uh the only thing that kind of takes you out of it is like it's a little long your butt starts falling asleep or whatever like it's not it for everybody it's pacing can drag a little bit in some spots we spend a lot of time here and there a lot of time on mars um but a lot of it in its defense that's how it plays out in the book you know what i mean you do spend these moments where you're taken out of the story there's moments in the story where you're like hitting a stride that you want to be in. And then they're like, nope, we're going to Mars now for a little while. And you're just like, oh, OK. So I get that. That's not for everybody. <laughs> it's a little jarring maybe to some people. Um, the movie's long. It's just really long. Uh, and it, there's it gets longer and longer every time I look at it. There's like more and more editions of it now. Yep. There's a theatrical cut at uh, two hours and 42 minutes. I watched the director's cut at uh, three hours and six minutes. And then there is a ultimate cut rob how long is that it's over th it's over three and a half hours holy crap anyway it's cool though if you're into that stuff it's cool um uh it changes the ending of the book uh it's not a huge it's not huge for me i get why they changed it but it would have been great for me to see schneider go like full kaiju in that scene i would have liked to see that i'm thinking it was like a budgetary issue maybe but like I, the, the film, like John, you mentioned, the film just sticks so true, pretty true to its adaptation of the book uh, that it's just sort of odd that they changed it at the very end for that more realistic sort of, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, it works still, the theme that they're going for. It achieves the same thing of humanity kind of focusing together and not arguing for a little while, at least. Uh, so, yeah, with that said, like I said, that's not a huge con for me. But having read the book first, it definitely did stand out, too. Um, and I could see that being a huge gripe to purists. Um, with that said, for me, I'm going to give Watchmen a solid buy it. This is a nice. solid buy it. I own Fuck this. Yeah. I don't begrudge anybody that goes out and gets it. I would like to get it on a 4K. 
Yeah. Uh, Rob, what about you, man? Well, I'm going to split the difference. I am a buy it slash instant classic. I All love right, Robert. Yeah, this is, uh, I did buy it. I got the, the collector's edition of like that, Watchmen. Fuck, that looks good. And it, 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 I, um, I'm, I'm not through the graphic novel yet. I'm about a little, about quarter way through. So I'm, I'm going to finish that. But, uh, just looking at like what they had to go through just to get this film made was pretty amazing. I think what we got was pretty damn good. I remember this being like a huge fucking thing back in 2008. Like, oh, fuck, yeah, you got to watch Watchmen. And I don't know why I didn't watch it. Like, I think it was I think this is like the time told I, was you to, maybe? I was getting out of the Navy and I was moving back. I was moving from San Diego back to my hometown in Los Angeles I think that's probably why I missed this. I just didn't get to go see it in theaters. And it just kind of fell through the cracks for me. But uh, when I watched this, like I now I've watched the director's cut. I've watched the ultimate cut. I didn't watch the theatrical cut yet. I'm going to do that just to see like how, how that looked. But um, a lot of people praise the director's cut as the, the best. I think the director's cut. So far, the direct, I, I don't like the ultimate cut. I like the director's cut a lot more. I feel like we get the the best possible version so far. But I don't know. I haven't seen the theatrical cut just yet. But I'm going to watch that. I'm going to finish the graphic novel. And I still got a whole bunch of special features that I have not. There's there's like three hours of special features that I got with the with this Fuck edition yeah. that I bought. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing all of that. Yeah, it's a it's a buy it slash into classic for me. This is uh, I think this is one of the the great comic book films that unfortunately did not do well in theaters, and I think it's a mixture of it didn't it didn't hit the purest in a certain way, and the length. What you talked about, Heidelberg, the length maybe have may have caused some fuck this. Why am I yeah. watching a three and a half a three hour comic book film? Yeah, because we weren't at that moment yet. It's unknown, so like to it, it wouldn't maybe get new viewers that weren't into it, yeah. and then the purists that were into it were upset with the ending, maybe. Exactly, and of... because they they changed the ending, and it wasn't until like something like Infinity War or Endgame where oh, a two and a half hour, three hour film for a comic book movie, it would have been fine. Well, for those, it definitely made sense too, right? Like you just spent like ten years building up the fucking yeah. Those films. Well, that that's also true too. But like it's but had you tried to make like Iron Man into a two and a half hour film, this movie had to be this long. Uh, Zack Schneider understood that, and most people probably that were making it understood that. But they still didn't. You know, the studio doesn't want it to be. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard to market. It's hard. It's it's hard to get into the theaters and get multiple viewings when it's three hours long because you can't get as many. Viewings in the well, daytime, and, so you lose money. But uh, yeah, this, this yeah. was uh, this was a high budget film. It uh, it didn't do well. It did not do well. It was the made days. with care, though. It was made but with love. I think that people are gonna like. You know, I'm coming back to this at 15 years or so after it was made. Mm-hmm. I think it holds up. I think it's. I think it looks great. I think the story is great. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah i think this is going to be looked highly upon you know five ten fifteen years from now 
Well, fucking A, Rob. I got to tell you, that is fantastic to hear. That is absolutely fantastic. We got a instant classic, a very solid buy it, mm-hmm. and then the old different splitter, Rob, really solid buy it slash instant classic. So uh, I appreciate that. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. That's always a good feeling when you suggest a movie and somebody goes, oh, dude, fucking fantastic suggestion. Mm-hmm. It's always a good feeling. So um, that makes me very happy. Rob, it's uh, it's your pick next week, right? It is. Uh, we're going to we're going to stick in the same uh, era. I'm going to stick with American films. Uh, it's in color, and Beautiful. we're going to be Pool Hall Junkies from 2002. Yeah, that's a superhero film. Yeah, uh, no, it is not a superhero film. It this is a uh, pool hall film, and I think this is the second greatest pool film. Outside of the hustler from hustler, uh, so yeah. fantastic. Now you you guys may disagree with me. That's fine. No, but I, I love this film and I cannot wait to talk about this next week. Mm. I'm a hustler, baby. I just want, I want you, you to know. know. It ain't where you been. But where I'm about to go. Yeah. Anyway. But uh we all have different projects. Uh Mr. 8 bit uh Slayer here. Mm. what are you doing buddy oh well you know i'm glad you asked because uh, i have this little thing that i do tuesdays and thursdays at 5 30 p.m pacific standard time <laughs> twitch.tv slash kinetic onslaught one word uh i play old ass video games nes i'm on the i'm on the prowl i'm out there to destroy them all uh i think i'm at like 56 beaten so far something like that yeah uh, about to wrap up jurassic park uh, Jurassic Park is about to go down. Uh, next stream, it is guaranteed to be. I had rad. that on Genesis. Jurassic Park, dude. Gen- yeah. It was a vastly different game on Genesis, but uh, yeah, dude. It's, That's so it's, weird that they had that back then too. Like they would have a game on Genesis and the same game with like the same box art and shit yep. on Nintendo, and they'd be different games. And Super, dude, it was wild at that time. I've you would get all a the game time. It would be like yeah, regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, and it's just like holy shit. Usually mm-hmm. the way it worked out is the Super Nintendo and the Genesis game were pretty close. Yeah. NES was usually different. But yeah, dude, that's what I do. We we talk about shit like this. We just tell stories, talk about work, just bullshit, shoot the shit. Come on by. Give me five dollars. I'd appreciate it. Uh <laughs> it's a good time. Berg, what about you, buddy? You sound you sound a little familiar. Uh you might have heard me on uh, another podcast that I'm in. Um it's called the Cut Above Horror Review. Uh, John, Jacqueline, and I hosted each week rating and reviewing horror movies. Uh, you can catch us on all the podcatchers at a cut above horror review. You can catch us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review on Twitter or X at cut above horror and on Facebook at a cut above horror review. That's Rob, it. what about you? Well, I got another Jerk. podcast called Circle of Jerks with uh, my boy Andy. Uh, we uh, we are on YouTube. You can hit us up on Instagram, Circle of Jerks Podcast, or on Twitter, at Podcast COJ. Or if you like me, I am at Robo Rice. Hmm. And if they, oh, like the trace, if they like the Cinemigos, where can they find us, Hyderberg? Uh, on Instagram, you can catch us at Cinemigos, one word, underscore, podcast. And on Twitter yeah. slash X, Rob? Oh, oh, on sorry. Twitter slash X, they can find us at Tres Cinemigos. T-R-E-S-C-I-N-E-M-I-G-O-S. Very nice. I heard a joke once. Man goes to doctor, says he's depressed. 
Life seems harsh and cruel. Says he feels all alone in threatening world. Doctor says, treatment is simple. The great clown, Pagliacci, is in town. Go see him. That should pick you up. Man bursts into tears. But doctor, he says, I am Pagliacci. Good joke. Everybody laugh. Roll on snare drum. Curtains. Hey, your badges. Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. <laughs>